And... Uh, Gandalf? Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 205 of Big Trouble World Podcast. I am Dubs the Took. I'm Andy. I'm Chazdolf. Wow. That's Saron. committed. Yeah. All he does is... Maybe he's, like, having a hard time breathing. You guys ever heard of the case of... Uh, a lady who put her husband inside of a suitcase and never let him out and he died. Maybe Sauron's in a suitcase. He's like, can't breathe and shit. That's why you see the eye on top of the tower. You need, you need to go back and get your uh, your clips back together. We need the uh, the scene from the, the what's in the box scene now. Seven. <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking about Return of the Kang. Um, but before we get into that... What the hell you guys been watching, playing, or doing? I'll go first, because not a lot ha uh, happened as far as... Uh, I watched this movie called Mortal on uh, Amazon Prime. And I'm that type of person to be like, what the fuck movie is this? And I was like, why does it have four stars? It's a really fucking good movie. It's about a guy who got, like, superpowers and shit. And he's like, why, why can I literally do everything? Like, I could shoot lightning out of my fucking fingertips, like... Uh, uh, Palpatine and shit, and he's like strong. Uh, he burns things and stuff. There's like a fucking weird ass uh, Norse mythology uh, connection to it. Um, so I I highly recommend it. It's called Mortal on uh, Amazon. Uh, read more of The Hobbit. Um, I'm up to the part where they're in the trees and shit, and, like, the orcs are like, ha, you, you fuck it, I'm gonna burn everything down with the trees. <laughs> and then the eagles come in and swoop out. And my favorite chapter so far is the one with Gollum in it. <laughs> it Riddles it, in the dark? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good thing. I, I Never mind, I won't go there, because rule zero. But, mm. but yes, that is, uh, that is a good chapter in the book. Yes. Um, but other than that, gaming-wise, trying to think what I played. I don't think I played anything. But no, I didn't play anything. I you watched Fortnite. Loser. You decided to read books instead played, of playing video games? You played hockey. You wasted uh, your time doing that. But yeah, you loser. Yeah, blowed us off instead of yeah, you loser, doing the bitch. Hot Wheels. I played Forza, like, the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> because I I wanted the update and uh, I just like like did a couple of, of missions. I was like, oh sweet, I got a Lamborghini. Bye. And I turned off the game. Um, I don't know. Not in the mood for racing lately. Um, just been NHL is quick and I could literally play that game with my eyes closed. Uh, but it's a uh, fuck EA. Uh, but that's all I've been playing, watching, or doing. Andy, what about you? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't had a lot of time to do much. I, like, did real-world waste of time, water park, car show, summer crap. I think all I did was I played Forza a few nights, usually for an hour or less. That's kind of been it. Like, I'm really enjoying the Hot Wheels expansion. I honestly was really scared 
it would be boring because it's just like straight tracks. What do you do? No, it's actually really cool and like really pretty and really interesting. And like while I'm playing, I find myself going like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like, you know, it does like weird loops and stuff. So I, I'm having a good time doing it. And plus, they added a bunch of cool cars to it that I'm kind of all about. Other than, other than that, that's it. No, I, I haven't had any time. Oh, I watched a um, a single episode of the show Atlanta. It was the first episode of season three, and I was like, yeah, whatever, I guess I'll watch this. It was actually really good. Maybe I'll watch more, but I, it was like a weird bottle episode. I was told by the person who was showing it to me that there is a story and there are normally main characters, but for some reason it was like a weird standalone episode where they told a completely different story. The... the um intro to that episode is like just downright haunting it's really cool so i might give that show a shot in the near future i don't know all right Chaz, what about you yeah i've actually done quite a bit i'm just kind of surprised um so gaming wise uh not not too much on the gaming front i did get to play um uh some forza uh actually jumped on it first with andy we learned the hard way that you got to make sure you update so our, our convoy was was unfortunately slightly interrupted but uh got to run around on the, on the hot wheels track and um ever since then i've been playing little bits here and there and i agree with him uh it's actually a lot of fun uh they do a lot of cool things to make what would otherwise just be some straight tracks really interesting uh, of course they have the classic loops and things that you can do um a lot of the cars are really nostalgic too it's like i, I like unlocking a lot of the classic cars i'm thinking oh i had that as a kid so it's really cool stuff like that um but that's been a lot of fun it's kind of reinvigorated my uh my drive to want to play more racing games because I, I hit that i think i hit everyone hits a wall there for a while uh at least with the driving part where like you've done everything and like, uh i need to take a break I did that back in the, like the the winter with Forza, but it's good to be back. It's fun. Um, as far as uh, watching things, uh, I went on a really weird bender with some, some films. I, I Ever since I came off the Mortal Kombat Conquest show that I'd watched, I, I would watch every bit of Mortal Kombat content I could find. I watched the, the animated movies, which I, I'd, I'd seen all these things before already, but I'd watch them again and actually, like I guess, took them in more, but um scorpion's revenge and then battle for the realms which were kind of interesting takes or retellings on the original story i actually watched the films the older ones uh in annihilation oh boy hmm. watch it have you ever sat and watch those back to back like sober yes wow what a contrast well i went even further i actually watched the new mortal Kombat after it and it's quite the sandwich um that was fun um Continuing my weird bender of, of six out of ten movies, uh, I watched um, the Wolverine. I don't the know why Wolverine. the Wolverine. Yeah, it's the it's kind of like the we're gonna do a, a Wolverine solo movie, but we're gonna forget that the origin movie happened. Good idea. Yeah, uh, I don't know that that movie has some kind of neat elements to it. I'm a really big fan of in the comics the the backstory related to when he's in Japan. Of course, they like go in a very different direction with what they do in the film, which is fine. Um, I like much more how he gets involved with the Yakuza. And, um, and then there's like the issue where his, his loved one is killed to, by the, the very person that is uh, 
uh, I'm from Yoshida or whatever, the one he saved. So then there's the the whole thing where every year on that guy's birthday or the anniversary, I can't remember which is which, but he goes there and he basically cuts off one more bit of the guy's limbs, but he won't allow him to die. It, it's like the guy knows every day when this anniversary comes, he's going to be killed. It's it's like kind of chilling, but it's like the like the more like brutal end of uh, of uh, revenge for for Logan. But it's kind of neat. And then I watched Days of Future Past, which and I don't know if those are movies you guys have ever looked at trying to, to watch because I can see that being kind of difficult, but to review. I've but them. I'm sure everybody's watched them. I don't know if as far as prior to me joining, if you guys have ever done any, any reviews of the, the films, though, but in my opinion, Days of Future Past is probably the best film. May, maybe First Class. Um, but, uh, I mean, it has its, it's not perfect by any means. It's still got some rough spots, but uh, I really like the, the story they tell in that. Um, I am now on the very end of Umbrella, or of Season 2 of Umbrella Academy. I don't know if you guys have watched uh, much more of that, but um, that show gets really weird really fast. Um, it went from kind of just being there and having like some kind of cool element, and then it gets really, really fucky with time travel. I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm like just being a, a pretentious asshole about how I care about time travel and, and media, but I, I have certain qualms. With, I think it's just like logic loopholes. If there are paradoxes with things, I. I it turns me off and I sit there and my autistic brain's like, nope, I, I don't like this anymore because it doesn't make sense. Turn it off. The, the world is shaking. I don't like this. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, there are parts of it I really like, but then I get stuck on things. So I have to like take a minute to register that I'm like, okay, get over this and just watch. But aside from that, it's, it's a pretty neat show. Um, let's see. Well, there's something else I watched, but don't remember what it was now. But yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Not, not too much else. Um, just haven't had much other time. Although it sounds like I had all the time in the world with all the movies I watched. It was all like one big bender on on one day. Yeah, sometimes I do that if I have like nothing to do, just binging all the damn media that I could. Uh, Yeah, but what's funny? What's funny with that though is I pulled up a list on my phone and like, oh, these are all the shows that I have been waiting to watch for such a long time. So it's almost like this like paralysis of indecision to start one and commit to it. That I'm like, no, I'm just going to watch all this crap that I've already seen at least once or more. <laughs> like hmm. I waste it. I spent hours watching this thing. It's like I could have totally watched something else, but no, we're going to spend 10 hours. It was a whole season of something I, I could have watched. No, nah, I'm just going to do this. Who wants to watch Stranger Things or Cobra Kai? Not me. I'll watch Cobra Kai about Annihilation <laughs> again. We have a fan in the chat that says, uh, as a barber, I love this podcast. It, it is every stage of beard growth. <laughs> 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 ah, that's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, Zach, what about you? What the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, still been sporadic- sporadically playing Forza on my own. I'm trying to get, you know, cars and stuff ready based off, like, a little list thing we made up. Um, also spent some time this weekend playing Smash Brothers with some friends. First time since Magfest, I did that. Really, <laughs> I also played the uh, the new TMNT game. Uh, I forgot to mention that or put that in my file anyway. Um, <clears throat> it's really good. Uh, if anybody's hesitating or whatever, don't. It's it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, it's, like all, it's all the best beats of nostalgia, right? From the old so, games. Well, that and it's it's more. It's it's mm-hmm. just more than what uh, you know Hyperstone Heist and Turtles in Time was. So they're it's coming like an actual sequel. They're coming out with a collection soon, right? With all the the games, I think even like the turtle fighting games that they're coming out with. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah tournament fighters. Pretty much all the big TMNT games from back in the day are going to be on that. Um, I, I'm heavily intrigued by that because uh, Tournament Fighters is one of those weird games that came out back when, you know, SNES and Genesis, the games were made and they were entirely different even if they had the same name. And that game was made, um, every single system it was made on, it was made entirely different. Like, the game is totally different. I think there's a Game Boy version of it, maybe, or NES. It, it's it's weird. I have the Genesis version, which is the one I played as a kid and I liked. Um, and it's very odd with, like, Aliens. Game and they like each have um, exclusive characters from the others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever played the any of the other ones. But I, know I, how the I played the NES one started. briefly and like did not mm-hmm. care for it. I own the Genesis one; that's my preferred way to play it. Mm-hmm. And I've tried the SNES one; it, it, it plays a lot like the Genesis one. I thought I, I thought they were all made by the same developer somewhere, but maybe not. Yeah. And it may be that what I'm remembering is the NES and Genesis were widely different, where the SNES is a little more similar, but. Again, it happens a lot with games, though, right? Like, or at least it did. Um, a lot of them, like the movie tie-in titles, like Aladdin or something. Like Aladdin's like the classic example, comparing SNES to Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two totally different games. Sorry, I'm like just just ramrodding your whole thing and telling us what you're playing. You have yeah. to shut me up. I've had I've had too much Long Island. <laughs> all right, well, step back for a minute. Uh, it's just, uh, that's all I played, though. Um, I'm still kind of reading the same stuff. I'll give like a more full update on what I'm reading when I finish my books. Uh, still watching Spider-Man animated series sporadically. Still pretty enjoyable. Um, with that um, news of that X-Men 97 uh, that's coming out, which is like uh, next fall, uh, is in the fall after this one coming up. Um there was like little rumblings of people like, man, what if, can they do Spider-Man again like that? And then like the, the guy who was the showrunner of the show said like he would be open to doing that, but he doesn't think that's in the cards right now because they're doing um, Spider-Man freshman year or whatever. I guess it's like an animated version of the MCU Spider-Man that's current uh, that Tom Holland doesn't want to do because <laughs> he's sick of being Spider-Man right now, I think. Who can blame him? I don't know. I mean, it made his career. (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't seen anything else he's been in yet, but he's definitely not fucking Nathan Drake. I don't care how much they try to pretend. (laughs) I saw him in... No, I just just can't accept it. It's just not right. (laughs) What did I see him in recently? He is in a movie on Netflix I wanted to see. I have it saved on my list, but I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. I forget what it's called, but like I was gonna watch it someday and say, there, "Hey, I watched this movie." There's one Tom Holland movie. I forgot who he's with. I don't know if it's with Zendaya or whatever. Um, but it's about them like falling in love with each other and like they start doing drugs together and shit. <laughs> and it's like, like, so it's like real life. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot the name of it, but they become like straight fucking addicts. Yeah, I um, watched some animated movies. He's like the voiceovers, and there was like a Disney movie where he's like an elf. He's with um, oh shit, who's the who's the guy? Andy Dwyer, Star Lord, Chris Pratt. 
Chris Pratt. Sorry, it's his name. Yeah, he and Chris Pratt are together. It's it's not bad. Like it's it's a fun time to watch. Like, it's a uh, Devil All the Time is the movie I saw him in. It's him and Bill Skarsgård, and um, it scarred me for life. So, Robert Pattinson too. I'm trying to remember. Is he a preacher? Yes. Yeah, he's a preacher. That's right. That's the movie I was talking about. Yeah, that's the one I wanted to see. I saw the oh. trailer and I'm like, thanks. This actually looks kind of good. <laughs> yeah, we we talked briefly in the the movie chat about it. Me and someone else. It's very good, but it is like. At the end, you're kind of like, ugh, ugh, I need to, you know, rest my soul for a while. Like, parts of it are pretty rough. I don't know. I have a more hearty soul than other people, I guess. But, <laughs> uh, I, I, coincidentally, I also watched Avengers Endgame this weekend with some friends. Because somebody didn't watch it amongst our group. And it was like, what? And so we had to, like, you know, do that. <laughs> It's still, still a good conclusion to, to everything. It was really funny because it's like, watch it on Voodoo and it shows like the little description. And it's like, when you see it laid out like that, it really is like fucking hard to believe that that, that happened. It's like the culmination of 22 interconnected films. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, when you put it that way, that sounds insane. It, it really is the most ambitious crossover, like, at least in modern age. It's very difficult to pull off. The problem now is like the bar set to that, which is part of why Phase Force kind of flailed a little, right? There's more. There's a little bit more to it than that, but yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, that's that's the biggest premise. It's just like, how how are you going to compare? But I still enjoyed it greatly. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything I, I did. All right. Well, it is time to get into Return of the Kang. Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, I forgot to do this last episode, but I think it's because we were so into the fucking movie. Um, but I'll, like, make sure that I play certain scenes and stuff. Not play them, but, like, show them. I mean, if you can find them, this movie's, like, a jillion hours long. Yeah. So, was this in the was this in the regular edition, like, mm-hmm. this opening scene? It yes. was. I, yes. don't fucking, I have no memory of this at all. I have no memory of this place. Like, I have no fucking memory of that scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that was crazy. <laughs> I think when I w- first watched this scene, I was like, oh, the two hobbits are killing each other for a ring. Like, I'd never put one and one together. And then, obviously, when he started turning into fucking Smeagol. Um, yeah, and FYI, someone's Discord is beeping. So, if you're... I checked, it's not me. Okay. Mm, I don't have Discord on. Yeah, I'm looking. I don't have Discord. Oh, there it is. It's mine. Okay. Sorry, I'm the asshole. You fool! <laughs> so I got rid of everything. I heard it right away, and I was like, what the fuck? My Discord's on. <laughs> <laughs> but my question, on, my question to you guys is, was Smeagol always crazy? No. Why Does is Smeagol it? always look like Spoonie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see that. Well, my question, my question, <laughs> see it. my, the reason I bring that question up is because he still talks like plural people inside him. He's like, it's, it, it, it's ours, it's minds, it's ours and all that stuff when he's fighting with this guy. I think it's just the ring drove him crazy in that instant, like uh, kind of a thing. I guess he was like really susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Coincidentally, uh, Smeagol's fall, transformation, disfiguration into a grotesque creature that is just a traitorous 
piece of garbage is exactly what happened to the Spoonie one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's literally embodiment of, like, split personality. It's like Smeagol's still in there, but the other part of him is just the embodiment of all bad traits that a human could have, effectively. I have a question about this, because, like, you know, the story is all fresh in my mind and everything. So, the ring is trying to, like, what is the ring is basically trying to find like a good host for Sauron to use or something. What, what's up with that? I think it just wants to get back to Sauron at some point. I think it bides its time while he gathers his power. So it could never get it. Like Sauron could never get the ring when Gollum had it. I get. I guess he wasn't ready or something. That that was always my interpretation. Is Sauron hadn't hadn't resumed. Like the 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 darkness in the east had not yet recongealed or something. I okay, know. I was just wondering why. Like the whole, if he had that for so fucking long until Bilbo had it, and then I think know. I think the ring is hiding. Like uh, Gollum takes it into the mountain, and the ring is like, "Oh, this is a good place for me to hide." And then it's like, "All right, in the next in the next fifty or so, fifty or a hundred years, something's going to happen. I got to get out of here." So it it you know. Leaves Gollum where it is found by Bilbo. Okay, okay. I think, I think it's it's all kind of like a like you'd almost have to ask Tolkien himself to get an exact answer. I think, but I'll bust out the Ouija board and see what I can come up. Yeah, with. we'll see what he says. But that's that that's that was my takeaway personally. Yeah, I gotta take it that way. I mean, you're talking like hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, mm-hmm. um, like several centuries before the ring's even found because. And that's when it's initially found. Um, but yeah, the Hobbit ties in a lot of that too, because again, uh, the ring is found throughout the, that story. But at, you know, unlike what happens when Frodo has it and puts it on, he's not immediately being chased, right? It's mm-hmm. it's that initial activation of the ring because Sauron's finally at a point where he can now search for it and bring it back to him. But but again, just as a natural thing the ring itself is an embodiment of evil so it just, it just corrupts anyone that has it in the books uh Smeagol's actually portrayed more like that he's kind of this kind and gentle person but he's somewhat simple which kind of fits like he kind of is what he is but but he's fractured basically because he's corrupted by it but he still holds on to that that kind of simple kind person and then you know when, as he meets Frodo he, it there's there is that balance where he's torn between doing the right thing versus doing anything he needs to to keep the ring and ultimately he succumbs to that well yeah that's that's why in like the two towers he kind of blocks out the bad side of him like the golem side of him um because he go away and never come back yeah and he's going along with frodo's when the faramir part where he you know got taken by them and roughed up that you know the bad part of him his demon came back and just said Fuck you, I was right. <laughs> like he did the whole uh razor fist, fuck you, I'm right, fuck you, I'm right, while he's spinning in a chair. Um But yeah, I I really like how they start off Return of the King because it's showing that Smeagol was normal, besides like me nitpicking being like, Was he crazy the whole time? But like it shows that he had a normal life before the ring, and then when he got the ring he turns into whatever he is now. And that kind of foreshadows what Frodo's path could be if he doesn't destroy the ring. So I kind of like that they show that in the beginning. Uh, 
there's another reason for it though too. What is the very last thing you see before credits roll in two towers? Uh, Smeagol. Yeah, it's Go- Gollum's literally talking about how he's done. He's he's gonna plan to kill. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally him finally plotting to kill him, and the Sam's like, "Hey, are you coming?" And he's like, "Oh yeah," and he's like, "I'm coming." Hobbits is like that. That is how that that movie ends. So naturally, this is a fitting way to tell that that backstory to, for people to understand what, what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, I know Andy's gonna hate this analogy, but it. This was like a slow burn of a heel turn uh, in wrestling with Gollum because he was kind of showing that he was going to portray, but in fucking this uh, uh, this movie, he goes full fucking heel. <laughs> like he he tricks uh, you know Frodo with the crumbs and shit. Like he ate all the bread, and he's trying to take it and all that stuff. And like automatically, when Gollum has. Later on, when it gets to the spider, you're like, man, that, he went full fucking heel. But I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm going to move it along. <laughs> uh, I still love the Frodo and Sam scenes. Um, it still carries on from the two towers. Uh, but th- this scene, by God, is my favorite. <laughs> when they get to uh, Saruman's fucking tower. It's interesting. This is all cut out of the theatrical version. In the theatrical version, they kind of backwardsly and backwardly imply that they just leave Saruman in this tower. They just like leave him there as a captive, and then the story just moves on. It's just strange that he doesn't die. He just finds the orb in the water. Okay, I'm glad you said that. I was about to ask if I was on drugs because I saw this and was like. I don't remember this. No, it just like implies the orb just got washed out of the tower or something. Mm-hmm. And when uh, when Pippin finds it, also um, this is the famous scene from that story about Christopher Lee, where um, Peter Jackson was like, "Well, you need to yell when you get stabbed in the back." And Christopher Lee was like, "I know the sound a man makes when he's stabbed in the back," and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> this is the scene that that conversation happened over because Wormtongue stabs him in the back and he doesn't go, ah, like Peter Jackson wanted him to. He, he, he goes, beats, like uh, a man uh, being stabbed. Exactly. Uh, exactly what you would do. Yeah. You can't catch your breath. Yeah. I know what that's like too. <laughs> Seems things, man. Uh, Gandalf looking fucking chat as hell, uh, on his little fucking white horse. His white robe and his white staff. Little white horse. You put respect on that horse. That is the <laughs> Lord of Horses. The Lord. Um, I got a question about the ball. Um, is Sauron just like always looking through that <laughs> that ball to see what Saur- Saruman's doing? Like, what is happening? Like when he touches the ball, is that like? I think a- it's just a two way thing. Because Gandalf says not all the lost seeing stones are accounted for. So Sauron has one. And Saruman had one as well. Maybe they used it to communicate, probably. It's like a middle middle earth telephone. And when they look into it, Gandalf or Gandalf, uh when they when they look into it, Sauron can look back into whoever's looking into it, I believe. That's why it's gotta yeah. be covered up. Yeah, because they use it later because um later on it's another one of the cutscenes, but that's whenever um after the the battle, oh, and Gondor Aragorn happens. Yeah, Aragorn uses it to to call him out. And that was him. weird. I'd never seen the extended version of um, Return of the King, and th- that seems weird. 
It is, but it makes more sense though too because in the theatrical version they just march. And it's like, well, how did you exactly know to march next? Like, there's subtle things that help. That they, I get. I mean, just, it's like, hard to miss an army together. on your doorstep. It is funnier though because he like basically called him up and said, "Hey, bitch, I'm coming for you." Mm-hmm. Got him. Got him on a on a, on a video call. Uh. So remember when we said this guy would uh, uh not be back anymore? Well, he was, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He died. Yeah, he got a. Uh... I I was confused on this scene because like the king of Rohan, he was like backstabbed by this dude, and then he's like, "Oh no, come back! You were once part of Rohan. You could st- get away from this Saruman and all that stuff." And like he's thinking about it, but then he just. You know, goes full stabbing. <laughs> well, it's it's because Saruman motherfucks him because he's like, "You should come back. You, you were once part of the the Rohim. You, you're you could be redeemed." And, and Saruman's like, "Don't talk to this loser. You're talking to me. This guy sucks. He'll he he'll never do anything for you." <laughs> and he's like, "I don't suck. I don't suck at all." I say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the way uh, Saruman fucking dies in this, <laughs> I, I laughed at first. God damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was unexpected. Yeah, because he like lands on the fucking wheel and shit with the spike on and everything. And then after it just shows it like him going underwater and I just like cracked up and started laughing. Oh the Treebeard know... quote after is great. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's, uh, what does he say again? Uh he says Saruman or the the, the, the filth, the filth that's right. Saruman is washing away. That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really good. I was like, yeah. oh, man, I, I can't believe I don't remember this scene. <laughs> I've only watched it one time. It was forever ago, so I, I totally didn't remember any of that, but I loved it. I the, real, the real question here is, Chris, does, does Christopher Lee, did he know what sound a man makes when he's thrown from, like, 30 stories and he lands on a wheel? He gets impaled. He probably... I, I don't think he did. Christopher Lee was like, I did that to two Nazis. <laughs> it was almost three, but I missed the third time. <laughs> Uh, what what did you guys think about the Pippin plot? Uh, where he touches the fucking ball and like he sees Gondor and everything. I liked it a lot better with the extended stuff mm-hmm. because that normally that's one of the most boring things that happens. There's a lot of stuff that's like kind of boring, but the extended version made me love uh, like basically everything mm-hmm. with Boromir. Before yeah. Boromir was like the most useless character ever, and now he's one of the best characters ever. You mean so... Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. <laughs> that's actually funny. Oh, that's that's good. But I no, totally no. agree with you though with that. The same with Mary and Pippin's plots. Because before it was like, ah, oh, we're doing the other Hobbit stuff, whatever. But now I like I was excited to get back to specifically Mary. Mary's a badass. He like kills several orcs. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, Pippin kills uh two, one or two, which is yeah, cool, good job. But yeah, Mary like I mean, gets gets blood on his hands. I mean, Mary is one of the reasons that the Witch King dies. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, no, I I like the, I I think that because it, this actually shows why the extended editions are important because there are so many things that are just throwaway elements because there's not enough info to really tie it together. But it makes way more sense when you have all the extra material to, to actually tie it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'd, I'd agree with that. What about this? Uh... 
this storyline here where she's like, I love you, Aragon. And he's like, nah, bitch. <laughs> I don't have time for you. I like this elf bitch that I like. But he says it in a nice, better way. Uh, but I do like her story, by the way. Because... Aeolin? Yeah, like... This is the definition of writing a really, really strong, independent woman without saying, I'm a woman, yes, queen, slay. Uh, <laughs> this one was like, I'm Joan of Arc, bitch. I'm not going to listen to a man. I'm going to go to war, and I'm going to be badass about it. And it was written really well. I didn't get fucking pandered by feminism fucking writing about, yes, queen, slay, man is stupid. And it's like, there you go. There, there's your, That's how you write someone. <laughs> I, I really love... Uh, her as a character and her story as well but i can't help but think if they used that i am no man line in a marvel movie you you and everyone else would be whining about it on twitter and youtube that's just what i think i think the context of it being a lord of the rings with a really, really well-written character you let you're letting it slide but i think if they used that exact same line and setup somewhere else you'd be upset about it no it like... it, it's, it actually makes me eye roll watching this it's like the one thing i don't like about it cuz it's like how oh, they tie it together but it's like eh, it's immediately we're it's, my, it's my a little here. like uh, it's on the nose yeah it's too old that's exactly it's too old the nose yeah but the, but the difference yeah. the difference between your analogy there is that you have this good writing with peter jackson behind it and then you have marvel and disney so in a modern in a modern movie, she would have fucking hated fucking. Uh, her, is that her father, uncle? Uncle, uncle. uncle. She she would have fucking hated him because he refused to have her follow him battle and shit, and she'd be resentful of her brother and all that stuff. And can't be like, I'm, I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna fuck them. No, it's different. Maybe it's, it was a minor thought. I just I really like hearing that line. I could just hear it. No, I, I agree with what you're yeah. saying, but I'm saying the the writing made it a lot better. No, you're right. I yeah. mean, if, if if it wasn't framed by this like wonderfully done character, which I mean, they they basically pulled this character out of thin air. Like she's in the book, but she doesn't do all the stuff. Oh, it's very minor. But I think it's really cool though because the way they tie that, and again, this is another plot of, or point of the extended version being important. This helps tie the thread very carefully about why there's this contentious triangle between her and, and Aragorn and um, I'm trying to remember the name of the the elf that he loves. What, what's her name? Eowyn. Uh, one of Arwen. the wins. Arwen. Arwen. Yeah, Arwen. Yeah, but, so those names are confusing. Ar- Arwen and Eowyn. Yeah. Like he's got a very specific type, right? It's like, well, yeah. Does your name sound like this? But, <laughs> uh, but really though, the, the point is, is that in, if you're watching the theatrical, you miss the you might miss the few details that really show that he's assuming that Arwen's leaving. So even though his heart belongs to her, he might have to move on without her. So there's always still like a potential hope, but then he just can't move on because he's distraught over that loss. And then later it's realized, oh, okay, well now he knows for sure like she's coming back or she's here. There's hope that she's here, and I'm I'm I can't let her go. Um, but then also in the theatrical, they they do nothing to tie together Faramir with this, which I think is an awesome Completely constellation cut, through yeah. this. Yeah, that's great that they add this here, but it also shows why there's there's more to it. It's not just simple. All oh, she dotes over him, and he's like, oh yeah, actually, this other person, like there's actually like you can tell he cares about her too. Like it, 
very well could have went in a different direction where she ended up with Eowyn because um, he assumed Arwen had moved on. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's much better in the, this version because it ties those little loose threads together versus leaving too much to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. We talk about, about we talk a lot about what we like. Uh, is there stuff in this movie you guys don't like? Well, we already talked about one. I, again, I, I actually really, I groan when I hear the I, I'm no man. I am I, no man. That <laughs> really, it's really, it's an eye roll thing because it's a blemish on a character that's written really well. Like we talked, and we don't need to go more. I don't want to grow a ponytail and have to comb it. I got all the about this. <laughs> but like, seriously, like, it, it makes me groan because it's like she could have just killed him and it, it has so much more weight to know that she killed him because of, you know, she's already risking being there anyway. Um, but, uh, but there's that, and then there's one gripe I have, but it's because I'm an asshole. The very end of the movie, you know, they're they're it's a great scene, but they're all all four of the hobbits are standing there and they're bowing, and Aragorn says, "No, no, you bow to no one, and everyone bows to them," which awesome scene, right? I think we all agree. Yeah. One thing I don't like about it is all the hobbits are the same height. But yeah, Mary and Pippin should be taller. I, I kept thinking about that the whole end of the movie. But they cut that from the theatrical versions. So yeah. I, I'm willing to I'm willing to admit that in post-production, they're like, no, make them the same height. So I, that I, when I, they added in the extended stuff, what are they going to do? Go back and change their heights in every single scene? Right, so and because they, they do that whole subtle Enchanted Water versus like the end draft. So they, they never actually touch on it. But like, in the, like again, in the books, actually... Mary and Pippin get so tall that they can, like, it actually describes them. They can almost pass as humans. Like, they, they actually are tall enough that they're, that, like, again, they're much taller than their average hobbit, but they're not quite tall enough to be a human. Like, they kind of look, like, lack a better term, like, like a dwarf. But, you know what I mean, like a medical dwarf from midget, whatever, little person. So, anyway, the, the point is, is that I, that annoys me. But, again, like you said, they cut it out. So, it's, that's just me being, that's me oh. thinking too hard, my oddest brain. It was it. I, there was actually a couple things happened with certain characters that I thought was like murky motivations or things left unexplained still. Like what? Like, um, this shit with Faramir and he's just like, like he obviously knows his dad's a goddamn piece of shit. And he's never going to fucking love him. And he's just like, fine, I guess I'll just go die. Well, even, fuck is that about? I mean, he, that's what he wants. He wants his father's love and Gandalfian says he'll remember it before the end. You know. Oh no, I think that's that's a stride. I argue in the opposite direction. I think that's one of the strongest like threads to make you care about Faramir because uh, I don't know. That's like more of a personal thing. People, children will fight to the bitter end sometimes to gain their parents' devotion and, and love, even when it makes no sense and their their parents are horrible. So personally, I've seen far too much of that in the, in the bad end. But like it to me, it's very gripping. And again, Faramir's a good man. So that all the more is like he'll throw his life away just to make his father proud, who does not deserve an ounce of that attention. Or I mean, devotion. look at his face. Yeah, like Grumpy Cat Stewart right there. So since we're there, I can tell you what I don't like about him. Uh, so his personality is terrible. But the one thing that's worse about that is his fucking hair. I hate it. He looks like a goddamn cat. I can't stand it. Grumpy cat. I know that's not like a dumb thing, but it just, it bothers me. I want him to change his face, but I can't. <laughs> I just hate when he's on screen. I can't see it. And like the, I know the scene is hating and stuff. I know, I'm getting worked. I'm he's like irredeemably terrible. Yeah. Yeah, he's supposed, supposed to be. Like he's, he's, he's 
ruining his kingdom. He's not bothering to defend his his stewardship. He's a scumbag. He's a terrible father. He's you know he eats like a fucking slob. Oh yeah. yeah well, that, there's a point for that. That's that's the metaphor. Whatever. Everyone's going to scene die. Is, I love it. It is. It's a it's a really good scene. It's it's emotional for sure. Uh, something. I, maybe I'm wrong with this. I just don't remember if it happened this way. So the scene where he is like, "Oh, the city's overtaken. We're going to die." Like he's freaking out and abandon your posts. Yeah, he's telling everyone to abandon. And Gandalf stops him. If I recall, in the theatrical, Gandalf just hits him like one time and then just calls it. He beats a shit out of him in this. I, I laughed so hard watching that. He hits him like four or five times that staff. I think the hell out of him. I think what I like about it is like I did see him on screen the whole fucking time. So what I I by the way I watched this when I had like three gummy uh, edibles. Um, and I was like, whoa, did he just fucking teleport in with his staff? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that was funny as shit. Uh, but yeah, fuck this guy, dude. Like this scene right here, because when remember when Pippin's like, you know, why are they guarding this? And Gandalf, as you can see, if you're watching by video, they guard it because they have hope. I'm like, that's another strong thing because they're waiting for an actual leader. <laughs> And they'll stick. They'll stick by their post until they guard this tree, which is also a symbol of, you know, Gondor. Uh, and like, this was strong with me. And then like, he had the Stewart guy, and he makes Pippin fucking kiss the ring, which I got fucking mad about again. Uh, I'm like, don't kiss that fucking ring, piece of shit. Why did like Pippin like offer himself right away too? Like even Gandalf was like, what are you doing, you took? Because Boromir well- saved his life. He's yeah. He he's not. Pippin is the dumbest of the hobbits. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's kind of like they they walk in, and Gandalf is like, hey, "Don't tell him Boromir's dead. Don't mention Frodo. Don't mention the ring. You know what? Just don't, don't talk at all. Don't talk at all." <laughs> but basically, the the main thing is, don't tell him his son is dead. And they walk in, and he's all he's grieving right there and then that he has found out that his son is dead. Which in the non-extended versions is when you find out that they know that. So it takes away from it a little bit knowing that Faramir already knew. But whatever. He's upset. He's like, maybe you care to explain why my son is fucking dead. And Pippin feels responsible for that. He feels responsible for... Because he died defending Marion Pippin. If, if they weren't there to defend, he could have ran off or done something else or... The fight could have gone any number of different ways. So he feels responsible. This guy's on the verge of tears in front of him. So he throws himself on his mercy. He's like, ah, for my service, such as it is. And then almost immediately before the scene's over, realizes he's made a terrible mistake. (laughs) Oh, wait, this guy's sad, but he's also his comeback. (laughs) Oh, man, that that face that Gandalf makes. You ever like watch a movie and wonder if Samuel Jackson played that character in that instance, how different that scene would be? Like, Gandalf makes a face, and it's subtle, but if Samuel Jackson played that in the exact same setting, he'd be like, motherfucker, what are you doing? Get off of your feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like on his knees. Get off your knees. What are you doing? Uh, it's the face he gives him. He's like, you're such an idiot. Oh, it's great. <laughs> be like, David, does, <laughs> does he look like a bitch? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Um... I have two things I want to nitpick. Uh, one, and I'm going to name her because I'm not going to like fuck up on the Arrowins and the Arrowins or whatever. Uh, but Liv Tyler fucking elf. 
all right um her her story uh throughout the whole series i just thought it was kind of weird at times like it was in the background and it was just like looming be like oh it's sauron is getting more power i mean she's dead and i'm like okay like how are you do we win the war and she's alive? What like mm-hmm. I didn't get that at all. I don't. I don't think it was like t- uh, shown really well or written really well for me to actually care about her. But like I knew Aragon. They cared. don't explain very well why the elves are leaving. It's it's definitely if you if you blink you miss it. Probably didn't help that you ate all those gummies when you watched. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just picking. But but basically the essence, the whole reason the elves are having to leave is because the corruptions happening within Middle Earth is taking their power away. Like, the, the very thing, the essence that allows them to have immortality, to live there, that life force is being drained. So they have to leave. Um, so her staying, not to mention the fact that she's given, she wants to give up uh, and, be, and be mortal, basically, the, the fact that she's willing to do that anyway puts her even more risk that she's going to die. But yeah, like you said, they, they don't do a good job at all of explaining it. It's a very, like, one-liner here or there throughout all three films. So you, and then she, and like, those, and then she like shows up behind the flag and, like, kisses fucking Aragorn. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess uh, she's fine. We beat Sauron. It's everything. Well, yeah, they, they beat the, the darkness in the east. Like, you know, it's not infecting the land or whatever anymore uh unfortunately uh her character does suck she's basically just motivation for aragon to be a cool dude yeah like, hey, it's a little it's a little hey, better than this the one. woman you're in love with is gonna die if you don't defeat this great evil and he's like well god i was gonna defeat that great evil anyway but now there's like a ticking clock my that, woman's gonna die but doesn't he die like they they because they make it like the elves are like this like uh clairvoyant like they know the future and shit and especially some of them are gifted with the the gift of like Elrond, right? Whatever, whatever. She says something like that, and she has some of that because she sees that she has a son. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. there was also a a, a a a picture of like Aragon dead in the tomb, like mm-hmm. as a king. So like we knew. He, I mean, I'm not saying like spoil or or anything. Like they they ruined it in fucking two towers. I'm just saying, hey, if they fucking know the future. I guess that makes the love st- and bond, uh, you know, I guess meaningful because she's still going to like date this king that's going to die eventually in this tomb. And apparently like it, it was alone, right? Aragorn was going to be alone. Or did she leave Aragorn? I think she left Aragorn because, you know, she could live more than a man. Uh, another thing I want to bring up is this part. Why does it look like the Power Rangers' uh, secret base? It's the City of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be spooky. Spook yeah. Okay. Sorry. That brings up another point, I guess, because... What's with all the magic in this movie? It's so unrealistic. No, no, it's not even that. I do have a magic question about later, about Undead no, McGuffin. None of us is going to know. <laughs> undead <laughs> McGuffin. No, seriously, it like, is. They put a curse on that, that, that uh, division of his army that fucked off, and... How did he have the power to do that? Wasn't he just a guy? Like he, what, he's the king. What the fuck? Yeah. He's the one, he has the blood. He's the descendant of the the original king that cursed him. I both him. love and fucking despise that. Like when, when I was when I was leading you guys down the road to let's talk about stuff we don't like. I have a minor gripe and I have a major gripe, and that's my major gripe. 
is um I hate how uh them getting the ghost army trivial trivializes the battle of Minas Tirith because there's like this big fight going on and the, the Rohirrin are fighting and like the Oliphants turn up and there's all oh, a big epic fight and then the ghosts turn up and they basically just fucking wreck them. Like they're inv- they're invincible. You can't kill a ghost, so it just trivializes everyone who had died up until that point. I well, think. Well, another gripe I have about the city of the dead is like when Aragorn goes through it, and like all the men are like, "Oh, I don't want to go down there. Like this is spooky and terrible, and like people don't come out of this tunnel." But then, like you watch this scene, and you see like all the the Sauron troops like just galloping through that that city, like nothing happened. I think those are just orcs. I, I think they're just yeah. So just men and other species that because like they're not dead or anything. It's, just, it's called the City of the Dead, and it looks spooky. And I think that's it. I think that's the entire backstory. Spooky city. I don't know. Well, that's where all the Nazgul lived. Yeah, yeah, I think that too because they are like undying, kind of undead sort of things or something. It's yeah, kind of something like that. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a passage in the Similarian that explains this, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think Peter Jackson was like, "Man, you guys ever went to Disney World and rode on Pirates of the Caribbean? I hope they make a movie about that." Uh, but man, we should have some ghosts. Yeah, and... the, the ghosts are cool. <laughs> town. They just trivialize that battle, and that sucks. But I do love the whole. Like I said, I love it and I hate it because I do love the whole like the reason it, it's it's kind of like you got to pay attention and having seen the movie a few times it helps a little bit. They were all people who said they were going to help a Sealder fight and then they pussed out and ran into the mountain. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're cowards. Cowards. So he cursed them for cowards. He cursed them to, to never rest when they died and when they eventually all died. Sure enough, they they can't achieve eternal rest. They're ghosts. They well, they call them murderers and exiles too, right? Yeah, I mean they're scumbags. They're they're rogues. They're thieves. Yeah. They're this is like whenever you call to arms like every person in your kingdom to come and fight because it's literally the fight for mankind and the shitty people that aren't just naturally a part of your army that were just like nah fuck this we're not doing this that's what happened they decide they would and then they they were traitors yeah they said they would and then they they reneged. And he cursed them, and because Aragorn is the descendant of the king, that's why he's even like, that line was broken. He's like, it has been re- reforged, remade, whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Basically, I am the king, and I can forgive your curse if you work yeah. with me. And of course, they're like, no, here's here's a million skulls, fuck you. And then they're like, yeah, you know what, we'll do it, actually. Yeah, I... I... I, I don't necessarily feel like it completely trivializes the fight. I mean, I think in a general sense or a simple sense it does, but there's also a race against the clock because if they don't show up at that last minute, then, then I mean, think about what happens within minutes of all that time. Gondor falls. So, yeah, like, there's not, a, there's a race against the clock. before Rohan turned up, so. Exactly. So, my, my qualm with the that whole plot point is that it is and again it's also kind of in the books it is very just conveniently placed oh by the way go right over here and do this and at the same time oh by the way you're going to get the sword that's reforged out of nowhere and you suddenly you now have all these things it's a it all just filled like it just falls into place a little too neatly um i I mean kind of similar to eagles like oh like the whole thing is one gripe i have with the films some people don't like this Frodo should have died. Um, Frodo and Sam should have died. It's great that they didn't, especially Sam. 
but Frodo should have died. However, eagles. So there's like this plot thing of oh they're here they're eagles. Although there's also an argument there's a really there's some really weird theories out there about the very end of the film that Frodo actually did die. Um, and the whole thing was like everyone going through the stages of grieving and him leaving at the end of the the film. I've heard that is too. actually yeah. is actually Acceptance. he left they let him yeah they accepted him and let him go and Sam is actually the one that wrote the Lord of the Rings like that's a really cool theory um, that I think is kind of neat. Um, but I mean, it is about acceptance. I mean, that's where he's going. He's effectively going to like a plane that's considered the afterlife. Yeah, going to the West is kind of like another plane of existence. It's like they're going into the afterlife to live eternally. And that's what I was bringing up, like you know, with the whole him getting stabbed because he makes a nod to it near the end because like he's writing his little fucking book and like Sam comes up behind him and he's like doing that fart face again, like oh, uh, I my, my shoulder. Um, and like, he's like, oh, it's been four years or whatever. And then like, it cuts to the scene where, you know, everybody's getting on the boat and then like Frodo's like staring into space and then Gandalf's like, gotta come with me. I was like, that's why I was saying like, well, did he really like, was he dead? Did like, it just pause what happened in the fellowship and then it finally caught up. Yeah. So the 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 theory basically in in the films they kind of do it's kind of clever. But again, it's it's just bullshit, right? Like there's mm. no way to confirm it. But Frodo never interacts with anyone else other than the party of people that are there in Gandalf. Like he he doesn't interact with like, at least for one of the remaining scenes. He doesn't inter, uh, interact. Uh, well, it's not true that the the Gondor scene, but <coughs> um, but he doesn't interact with anyone other than the Fellowship as far as direct interaction. So you could literally pull him from any scene individually. And it could all still happen within the plot and place Sam in the same position. So that that's, again, the thought is that they just hadn't let go of him and they're actually grieving that they lost him. And that Sam was the only one that was actually saved and moved on um, and Frodo was lost. Because, again, it fits with the thread of the fact that everyone knew that Frodo's... They never said that Frodo and Sam were doomed. Anytime you pay attention to when they talk about the ring will claim his life, they never say theirs, even though Sam is with him and they know that. It's going to kill Frodo. So that that's again, it's a neat thing. Again, it's it's open to that interpretation. You can take it also the value of where it's at. But mm-hmm. I I like the idea that he's he's dead and and Sam had to move on and it took him four years to accept that you know his friend was gone, but it's okay. There's a green screen though. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some shitty green screen in these movies. <laughs> nah. Uh, I did kind of like the. We call it the the talk between the Stuart and uh, I keep on forgetting his king's name, but the King of Rohan. Um, because, yeah, he's like, "Are you gonna go help out Gondor?" And he's like, "Well, he never came to Helm's Deep." And then like you go to the Stuart, and he's like, "Writers of Rohan are not gonna come here," and all that stuff. And I I love that, and I love that Gandalf's like, Pippin to light up all the towers and shit. And I marked out by the way. I marked out again, like when when he lights the tower, and then all, all of a sudden Aragorn uh, sees all the other fires. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, ready for war." That's one of that's one of the most thrilling scenes in the movie. I think so too. Like to, to use your term, I mark out a little bit because he sees the fire and he comes in. Gunner calls, calls for aid. And he's like shouting, and Theoden looks at him for a second and says, "Then Rohan will answer the call." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, it is. It's good. You see, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Theoden's a good man. 
Like, mm. again, it's a whole thing of, like, men still, especially men in power, still have those pitfalls of, like, oh, well, they didn't help me, and you do the selfish things. But then they it always overcomes that in these moments to do the right thing. Eh, it's really good. Yeah. I, I want to bring up the sword, by the way, because Elrond, I think that's his name, Elrond, uh, brings the sword to Aragorn. Uh, and then I also want to bring up the city of the dead because he like <laughs> he does this weird thing with the sword. He's like, I have this sword. That means you have to listen to me. <laughs> and I just like laugh a little bit because like in reality, I'm like, yeah, so what? You got a fucking sword. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> the Sildur's sword. It was yeah. the sword of the king. Yeah. But like I, I, just the way Aragorn was like swinging it around and stuff. And like I, I admit like when the, the undead sword and his sword clanked, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I kind of like that. That was a good touch. Uh, but I wanted to bring that up. Uh, I want to bring up this fucking ugly face, if I could bring it. Oh, the the general? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Call, we call him Cauliflower Head. That's, that is the term my wife uses to describe him. Why does he sound like Dr. Claw? Yeah, I, 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 always, I was always like, why is, what, is that Dr. Claw or is that the Elephant Man? There we go. <laughs> the elephant Man being played by Dr. Claw. Yeah. I like him though. He's an interesting character. Completely fabricated, but an interesting character. <laughs> yeah. I love the scene. He tells him to stay still, and then he moves. What a fucking hypocrite, you pussy. Stay in place. You know, I die. like that. The, the stone's about to hit him, and he just yeah. like, steps out of the way and then spits on it. He sidestepped. It wasn't <laughs> like cool. he ran like a coward. Yeah, he wasn't like, oh! I, I mean, it's cool. It's badass. Because he just like yeah. watches it land and just what? barely steps out of the way. What's wrong he spits on, he's like, you crushed my pride. Because he tells everyone else not to move at all. That's the point. Like He still, like, doesn't, like, he moves just enough, but he lets his other man just, like, stand there and die. So that, that's, ask, huh? ask, yeah. What's wrong with his face? What's wrong with his face? Buffy monster face. He's an orc. Why can't he get corrective surgery for his face? <laughs> I don't know. He looks like he's a little fat, too. He just doesn't have the, the body for what he's doing. Sure. Like, if, he, if, he put, if he worked out a little bit, maybe he'd be a better general. It's Jim Ross. Is that orc leprosy? Is that orc Bell's palsy? <laughs> it's orc something because when he gets off that warg too, he like stumbles and he walks weird. He walks like Igor from freaking Frankenstein. Yeah. No, they. <laughs> Doctor Claw, Jr. and Igor all rolled into one. They, <laughs> the weird looking orc is the one. The fat guy that is like uh, trying to approach fucking Sam and uh, Frodo when they're in the orc gear. And you know, they're doing the inspection. Yeah, I like when he goes into alert mode and like he, it's like he's, it's he looks like Brock from Pokemon. Like his eyes look like they're always shut, and then it's like when he goes into alert, his eyes just just dark like white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Sam's like shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good analogy, Brock from Pokemon. His thin eyes, and he's like, oh, and they get all beady. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the spider scene? It's creepy. Too spooky. You know what's scary about spiders? They quiet. And then they get you. (laughs) (laughs) Describes what happens pretty well. (laughs) When our truth was talking about how he was scared of spiders and how the quiet they were, this entire scene. (laughs) His name is Shalab. I think it's the name of the the spider. What was the the thing that uh, um, uh, crap? the thing Frodo had that was like light, it was like a potion that get emitted light or something. The star of light or something. Yeah. Was that just like a, a magic light or was there actually something else to it? Yeah, it was just like a magic elf light that Galadriel gave him. 
That was cool. Yeah, I the whole point thought... is like in the darkest dungeon, like it would still light. That's the whole point. It's like it would always be able to illuminate wherever he's at. You know what it is? It's a, it's a, it's a, what's it called? D and D, the light sphere that follows you around. It's just like dust globe. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Glad- yeah, Gladriel is like the person Gladriel. from the the Twilight Zone. Remember, like the the guy knew what everybody needed, and the guy like hounded. Uh, you know, the guy for items and like his tie got stuck in the elevator and he's like, Hey, gave you scissors. I got you what you needed in life. That's what Gladriel is in this fucking movie. She gave like items to everybody that they're going to use. That, yeah. That... She's a magic elf lady. She's yeah. like, duh, that makes sense. She's yeah. one of the she... big three. Yeah. She's like literally a leader of the elves. She's clairvoyant. Yeah. She can give Gimli yeah. shit. She gave Gimli what he asked for. What's yeah, that he... mean? He he asked for the hair. Yeah, he probably would have had a gift. He, he literally. Did you want him to like garrote an orc with the hair at some point? Like yeah. this is what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 would have been great. If we could take a quick left turn, I want to talk real quick about my minor gripe <clears throat> with this movie. Uh, can't Gimli fucking have anything? I understand he's supposed to be the funny boy, but. <sighs> In the extended version, I see they, they cut out a lot of stuff that honestly I would have cut too. I hate when they're going into where the ghosts are and the weird hands are coming up. It's like, <laughs> it's like kind of funny, but it's not worth being in there. And I fucking, it really sits wrong with me. I really dislike this. It's the whole, all three movies, it's just Legolas is so cool and Gimli is such a dork loser. I was going to, ha ha ha. I hate that scene where they're drinking. And Gimli's like, you just drink until you pass out. That's all you do. That's the whole game. You just drink, 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 and just try not to die. And Legolas is just like, oh, they can start to fake me. My fingers are tangling. And Gimli passes out. That should have been the one thing Gimli was better at than anyone else in that entire building. That was horse shit. There's no way an elf can outdrink a fucking dwarf. I hate that because it's, <laughs> it's yet another uh, Legolas so great, Gimli so lame. Just I'll give yeah. Gimli something. Come but on. hey, but despite. Think of it this way, devil's advocate. Despite the fact that Legolas is just better at everything, who do you like more? Gimli. Gimli. Yeah, Gimli's got Gimli heart. More. Gimli's got heart. It's all I was, like, was going to say little... something about this before, too. Or I noticed uh, over the course of these films, in the first movie, he's still a fairly serious character. Sometimes he says stuff that's a little funny or comedic, but it's not. Later on, he, he gets more to be like the comedy relief well the writers are doing that on purpose because when the fellowship is together uh all the hobbits are silly goofballs and and yeah. you know all the, fu- the funny stuff comes from like mary and pippin and stuff like that well they're gone now and you've got legolas gimli and aragorn who do you get comedy out of and and my argument would be you don't need it you have the other scenes for that you mm-hmm. have other scenes where you can get some levity you don't need the you don't need it in everything but I mean, especially in Two Towers, there's a lot of extended periods where this is this is all you got is the three of them, and maybe Gandalf is there, and Gandalf, Aragorn, they're not they're not comedic relief characters. They're like main dudes, and Legolas is like an elf. Like, what do you? Get? Elves are boring because they're too good at everything. Be they're serious because they're, they're that's too... not the way they're written. They're just not. They're just not elves elves are like stoic weirdos. They're... There needs to be like a Maxwell Jacob Friedman of elves. All elves have like weird high functioning autism where they like don't understand how to speak to people. They don't have social cues. Like, no, we're social cues. Like they have they, they have they don't understand <laughs> social cues quite right. 
Oh, really? They've lived for 300 years. That's the only reason they figured out how to, like, understand sarcasm, I think. You know what's wrong with men? They're mid! <laughs> yeah, they're mid. Yeah, I can't wait one day to sit down and, and have a drink with you and, and have you elaborate more on that, because I feel like you could go on a long, long, long tirade about how how elves are, have autism. That's the representation of, of, of being a savant. Uh, but to be fair, there are there are hill versions of elves. They're orcs. Again, that's what the elves are, or that's what the orcs are. The orcs were used to be elves, and they were corrupted and whatever. And their autism, like, and that's why he's got cauliflower. It's all the autism, just like turning and molding over on cauliflower heads. They're elves who have discovered four chan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the four chan admins. Oh, that's that's great. Uh, so, Sar- uh, Sauron is the FBI. He was like, "Hey, you want to shoot up some schools? I'll get you some swords." <laughs> I groom my next school shooter. Come on! In, in, in Minecraft, to disavow everything I just said. Oh, that's that's funny. Dark, Dark still doesn't melt steel towers. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying now. Sorry, I'm a little too drunk. But that, uh, yeah, there we go. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one thing though is I, I do like between their their relationship between Gimli and Legolas is that again Legolas still gets off that kind of like air of he still thinks like other beings are kind of beneath him again the different tribes of elves think that way like Elrond and and their group of elves in their forest and Galadriel they don't have that much of that they're more tied to nature but there are other groups of elves and families of elves that that totally think oh we're just better than everyone. So yeah, Legolas they, has that a little bit at the beginning. He's mm-hmm. kind of like, "Lol, you guys suck." But at the yeah. end, there's like, "Never thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf." Well, what about side by side with a friend? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Like, that's one of the, that's one of the most memorable inter- exchanges in the entire trilogy. No, absolutely. So that's the point is he has that transformation and it just shows that yeah. well, Legolas grows as well. It's just in a much more subtle way, I guess. But it's because of Gimli, though, because of of what Gimli Gimli's effect on him. Like Gimli, by the end of it, is even referring to him as a dwarf. Like they're talking to each other about being two dwarves running into to battle together and stuff. So like there's it's just that I think it's kinda like how they can be so different, but then they realize that they can be friends. It, it's again contrast to how where they start in the fellowship where they're actively arguing with each other, like, Oh, we would never fight hand in hand. Um, so it, it's just I don't think it's kinda neat. But uh I get what you're saying though. It's like I, I am definitely in the fan of looking at other greater universes of things. Like Vegeta never gets anything good in Dragon Ball and neither does Gimli in the Lord of the Rings but I'm okay with that mm. because that's what makes me like them. I like them a lot more for it, you know. Exactly. I, thought Vegeta, I thought Vegeta got moments in Super. Oh, no. no. That's me not does. Cool. I've seen them. I've seen them. Yeah, he's like a father what, what now. Moment? Isn't there like they what, go to some moments? amusement park or something? Yeah, don't you like... remember like the backlash a couple years ago from the manga where it was alleged that like he, he got to defeat the person now and he finally ascended Goku and then and then it turned out he didn't and the person he got like almost near death killed again and they were like, Why'd you do my boy dirty again? And uh, Toriyama's come out, he's like, he hates Vegeta. It's actually one of his like regrets I have but he heard knows that. he has to keep it. He hates yeah. that he made Vegeta and it turned into what it did because he, he just wanted the guy. That's to all he does is he creates villains and then he falls in love with them and he makes the main characters. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's every character except Goku and Dragon Ball and Gohan. Well, that's just a greater lesson of Goku, though. Goku, like, Goku's true power is the fact that he can take any person, even if they're immoral or evil, and eventually turn them into a friend through his just adversarial combat or whatever bullshit. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's Batman. But, uh, 
But that, that whole thing, nevertheless, like you like those characters because they fight. It's got our wrestling comparisons, like Eddie Kingston, in terms of like a character that you care about. Maybe mm. not as much anymore because of that that bullshit shark cage match. But like the the whole point is like that person is not like every, someone is always better than him at everything, basically. But Mick like, Foley would have been a better analogy for this. Uh, for oh, okay. this I was looking for some more recent. Yeah. Yes, Mick Foley's a great analogy. I, like, actually, not actually, the best that makes anything. more sense. Like I, Mick Foley's my favorite wrestler. Period. Yeah, there it mm. is. Yeah, well, there you go. Use McFoley then. Yeah, it, like he's he's got heart. You you root for him. You root for the little guy. Yeah, it's and Emily. I mean, plus you have Marion Pippen who's doing like serious plot lines in this because it's coming near the end, uh, and they're both like fighting, and you know Pe- Pippen's being like the servant and, and sings that really sad song while he's chomping down on fucking tomatoes and shit. Gross. Yeah, uh, squirting all everywhere. Um, like a king either. <laughs> or a fucking fraud. Hack fraud. Hack fraud. Um, man, Faramir moved in on quick on Eowyn, right? She, he... I think it's implied some time passes between the end of the battle and them marching off to the Black Gates. It's like, hey, you, you, you almost died fighting too. We can bond over that. Yeah, I'll, ta- <laughs> I'll take that king sloppy seconds, and then he moved in. She uh, actually did cool though and like him he just like went to fucking die for almost no reason mm. <laughs> oh that's not don't don't you do that don't don't don't, don't do for no. faramir dirty like that no. faramir is no. very important he he literally is the embodiment of the good of men he's the, he's not, the man that think, think about this about. think about I'm how not, important he is what, what if any other man had found frodo and sam instead of faramir what you know be like fucking epstein probably Probably put those Frodo's to work, uh, those hobbits to work. I mean, oh. uh, well, I understand. Um, in the books, I haven't read them since like high school, so I don't remember. But I guess in the books, Foromir's like, even if I found it in the road, I wouldn't take it. And meaning the ring, like mm-hmm. he was like very against it. He was even more righteous in the books, but in this one, it's like he has a crisis of faith. And he's like, it's if the ring goes to goes to Gondor. Take take these freaking hobbits over there, and then he. He comes. He comes around. By the way, I think what Zach was talking about of him running to his death, I think it was being like, "I'm a fucking man," <laughs> like in, in that term. And maybe that's why she went towards him. Uh, I don't know. Oh, she wouldn't know anything about that. I just, I don't know. I just, it, it just, it's lemming behavior to me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're better spent to fit actually working with Gandalf, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's I, again. I, I think it's all just relative to what your perspective is with. How people are with their parents, but people people do some fuck up things to get approval from their their parents, uh, even when they don't deserve it. Again, I, that's where I'm stuck with it. Because so it's like to me, it's like he's he's one of the best men like, in terms of like just pure moral or character. He's one of the the better men in the film. I guess so. I feel like at some point it, it's not even it's beyond even just simple self preservation. Look at how terrible he is for his people and everything. It's yeah. just like you have to realize like you you need to make a stand for your own people. He, he didn't even do that. Yeah. I, I, something else to kind of, kind of try to keep in mind over this though, is we see, you know, the flashback in two towers where they decide to send Boromir to this council and their interaction then. And we see a little Boromir at doing his like Ranger jazz. And then we see everything in this movie where he interacts with his father, but this is his, Father, this guy raised him from 
a child. There's there's a whole lot of like background stuff. There's a whole lot of like maybe he used to love him, maybe he's been corrupted, maybe something else. Like there's there's probably there's a whole lot of extra context that we don't really see. Yeah, I got it in the simplistic way of in that specific scene where he's there in the king's court. This is the person that he wants the respect and love for him more than anyone else in the world. And that person ordered him to go out and die, like basically suicide run and go die. And then when he literally calls him out and says, you, you would rather that I would have died than, than Boromir. And he's, it just flat out says, yeah, Mm. I would have rather, I wish you would have died. Yeah. I wish your places were reversed. Like that is heart wrenching. So yeah. He's like, okay, well then fine. I I guess I hope you think better of me when I, if I return like that totally, Makes Everyone sense. is telling him this is suicide if you send troops to retake the city. And I don't think, I, I think he's like, the madness is slipping in. Because I don't think mm-hmm. he hears that. I don't think he thinks he's sending Formir to his death. I think he thinks Formir is incompetent. He, he just thinks, you you fucked up. You let the city fall. Go take it back. Take the good soldiers. Go take the city back. And everyone's like, no, they'll die. And he's like, no, Formir is just, he's an idiot. I, I, I think I think the madness is coming in. That's I think why might, when Formir yeah. dies, he's like, "Oh my god, my son's dead!" Yeah, it's your fault, you idiot. Everyone told you this would happen. Yeah, or but when he realizes he's alive, crazy. and he's like, "Wait, he's alive!" Like the, the it's same too thing. late. He's made, now he's crazy. He's a crazy person. Yeah, yeah I off the bridge. I still think he was being selfish, even when Faramir um, was so you know quote unquote work she fucking dead. Um, sorry, my music like wrestling terms. Uh, but <laughs> but like right off the bat, he's like, my line is ruined, and like that's a selfish thing to kind of say in opinion because like, oh, now my family won't grow because my incompetent son is dead now. That's how I read it, and like he's like, I'm worthless now. Um, and that's why he wanted to burn himself with his son. I don't know, like some type of like symbol kind of thing. In a sense, well, he, he thought everyone was going to die. The age of men is over. They're, they're storming yeah. the gates. We're well, all going to die. His literal opinion was that you're better off to go and, and die on your own and get it over with sooner than to actually fight. Guess just spoilers, just to really summarize it. This guy's a piece of shit. Like that's really what it comes down to. He just he is a, he's a coward. He's selfish. Like he's just everything. He is every reason why. When uh, Zach in earlier episodes made the whole thing like I don't know why they treat men like. Like they're so awful, and he, this guy is literally the example of all the wrong things, and exactly why Sarm wanted to have them to have rings so he could corrupt them so easily. Well, this that's guy's what, just a fucking shit weasel. That's why they needed Aragorn, um, because the, the, his his leadership and just mm-hmm. putting honor back in men and stuff um, is, you know, that's why they all respect each other at the end. I know, I know that. Uh unforeseen to us after the movie ends uh, the kingdom of gondor and rohan they, they both rebuild and they're both great places and they both have great leaders now but part of me has like the the overthinking cynical brain and it's like how good of a leader is aragorn gonna be because he just like lived in the wilderness for 70 years <laughs> like is he gonna they're all gonna come to him and they're like okay so uh we have a problem with zoning rights the merchants need access to uh, this is so like, part of the city, but that's where a bunch of low-income housing is. How do you want to solve this? And he'll be like, um, uh, well, um, he'll say something. <laughs> he'll say something in Elvish and just fucking run yeah, out so of room. I, I can speak Elvish. Yeah, no, that doesn't really help. It's the the low-income housing. The war created a ton of orphans and widows, and uh, 
we need this land. What what should we do with him? Um, uh, uh, you know. He gets yeah. up. He's like, you should. I'm sure he's a great leader, though. Like I know uh, he what? is. But... Well, he, he does what he knows. He, they, he asks. <laughs> he's like, take me to the place, and they take him there where they're talking about. And he like checks the ground, and he says, hmm. "Yeah, they were here a few days ago." He's got he's the magic. Blood. It's fine. You know, yeah. his his ancestor could just curse somebody without having any kind of magic power at all. It's okay. Yeah, he draws the sword and the problems go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you guys I got like it. This guy. this guy is cool. The Witch King. Yeah, he was like he went up and gave off, and he broke his staff, and he was like, "You're going to fucking die." It's so frustrating. <laughs> they take that scene out of the theatrical version. Gandalf <laughs> just stops using his staff in the theatrical version for no reason. Really? I never, I never knew yeah. because I'd never seen the extended version of Return of the King. This is why. The Witch King turns up and blows it up. <laughs> I, it's so, badass. That seems so, bad as hell. I was like, oh my god, this is cool. <laughs> I just want to make sure this is like accurate because like, I, I assume this was the case. In this setting, the wizards cast their spells with their staff, and when their staff's destroyed, they have no magic anymore. As far as I can tell, because Gandalf stops casting stuff after his mm-hmm. staff explodes. That was yeah. like Sauron too. Or he, when he lost his staff, he couldn't cast any more fireballs. He was right, like, I can't do. Yeah, anything. the point is like they they need a conduit with which to use their abilities. So I, I, it's their, like in D anD D, it talks about the implement, and most people just choose quarter staff. Yeah, I think, I think it's that same kind of weird. Or point. you know, like uh, I know classically too, like too now, which it gets all inspired, but like uh, people will have like a tome or something they hold like in their offhand or like more. Yeah. It's like that. Like they need something that they have to use for that. And again, the staff is the thing. So. Uh, this shit was metal as fuck though. He just showed up, haunted, and broke his staff, and he like put his, his sword caught on fire. It was sick. Yeah, <laughs> so, really. He's like, I'm, I'm about to wreck you, and then like Rohan turns up and saves Gandalf, pretty much. So there's a not that it's in this. It's a little side thing. So I don't know if you guys ever heard of this game. There was a, a battle for uh, for Middle Earth game that came out that was a RTS. Uh, no, not the RTS. It's a MOBA, actually. So it's kind of like um, Dota 2 or League of Legends. Right. It ended up kind of like flopping because like the some of the mechanical stuff of it was a little wonky. It's really disappointing because it was kind of a neat game. But one of the best characters in the game was Witch King. Because they gave like descriptions of like what powers they had, and, and he was a tank build. And you know, you walk around and you've got your sword and you've got that badass fucking Morningstar glaive thing you're swinging around, or not glaive, um, flail that you're swinging around, and. But the, what they gave him is they gave him the element of ice, and it's literally just described in there that he has the element of ice, and it's literally just the the sheer cold of death's embrace. Like he's just the embodiment of death, and it's cold. So that yeah. is really cool. So like he like freezes things because it's he's touching them with death with his weapons. So it is it's great in the game itself, but it's kind of shitty because the game is kind of is that why um, uh, Pippin and fucking uh, Arwen like they they had like arthritis when they stabbed them. Yeah, like when that, or people say. Well, there's also like the subtle theory. things, like when those uh, the ring rates are around, they, things get cold. That's why. Because that... death is cold. Yeah. <sighs> it's so badass. They swore me, by the way. Like when she, when they fight, you know, the witch king, and she she kills him. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking. I still thought that was cool, even with the cringy line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you mean they when... swore me. I thought she was fucking dead after that. Like when yeah, the way he died was cool. <laughs> Like he imploded. <laughs> yeah, Carl Orman runs up and is like yelling and screaming. Oh! And I was, I was like, like, holy fuck. And I was like, does she die in the extended version? What the fuck? Well, yeah, then they show her like on that thing. I was like, is she on a funeral pyre? I did yeah, the same thing. 
what the fuck happened? And it was yeah. like, is he washing her body because he feels bad? And then it was just like, oh no, she she breathed. It's like, oh, you all fucking swerved me with that shit. <laughs> yeah, same thing happened to me. Which I mean, well, she took a she got molly lopped there with that flail when he hits her with and that like wooden sword just like, shatters. It's like, oh yeah, that should have went right through you. She got hit with it too, I think somehow, and she can go it's, flying. It's the shield. The shield explodes. Yeah. Well, she, she no, she took a hit in her armor too. That's why I, I thought she was dead. <laughs> I have to say, out of both Rohan and and Gondor, I know they like combine and become like allies even later after this movie. But I'm with writers of of uh, of Rohan because yeah, the horse lords of Rohan. That's where it's at. Yeah, mm-hmm. horse master. <laughs> but when they show up, and when the, and dude, when the king fucking hits his sword on all the the are, are those what are they called? Pole arms, spears, spears. Yeah, yeah just any, any they have out. Yeah, when the horse stabbers, horse stabbers. <laughs> When he hypes him up, dude, like it was fucking awesome. <laughs> go back to that. Go back to that. Uh, I don't, don't, uh... Yeah, just keep it there for a little while. No, please don't. don't is that his O face? Is that his? <laughs> yeah, no, the oil was extremely cold. Yeah, oh, it was a bukkake. Man, this man, this ghost music video looks sick. Anyway, uh... <laughs> um. It's a fucking battle. All right, we have to compare now. Now I know this is like the ending war, like the the pretty much is like World War One, the war of all the the world of. Never mind, I can fuck it war, up. In all wars. Wait, hold on. We actually jump into compare. I know we're going a little long, but it's where we're at. This movie's long, so naturally, before we get to that, like, we talk about the actual ending. You know, like all eight of them, like. Is every everyone okay with the fact of the way it ended with like Sam? I want to double back because I was talking about in one of the other episodes. Oh, this movie has like thirteen endings. Blah blah blah. Um, maybe maybe I got dulled to it because I, we were watching the extended editions. I, it wasn't as bad as I remembered. It's still kind of like it should like uh, after um, after they crown Aragorn and they're like, "Oh, no one bows to you, hobbits. You guys are bad as hell." And they all bow to him, and the camera zooms out, and it's a map great place for credit roll and then it's hot it's uh back in hobbiton and he's writing the book and he like closes it up at great great time for credit roll and it does feel cool that they go and and frodo goes across the sea with the with the elves and stuff not necessary really another good time for credit roll and then yeah. sam's going back home oh sam's got two kids great oh he kisses his wife how sweet and then i think there's finally credit roll but it wasn't as bad as I remember. That mm-hmm. stuff is all... It enriches the story some. Uh, the, the part where Gandalf and Bilbo and, and Frodo go to the West. I could stand to lose. But I love the bookend of uh, what happens with Bilbo. Mm-hmm. That, that I do really like. So I guess I'm kind of over it. Like I used to be like, Oh, I don't know about Return of King. It ends like 13 times. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I think well, the extended edition just like numbed me to it. it I think so it definitely does because the ending to this movie is the exact same as theatrical. They, they mm-hmm. it's the same. So it's like, all those same beats. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting all the extended stuff anyway. So you're already that deep. I, I feel like the same way with you. It's like oh, it's five more minutes. I'll watch it and it's tied yeah. together. It, it same. Was, same. It wasn't as bad hero. as I remembered at all. 
Yeah, I, I, again, Frodo's still there. Obviously, Frodo does what he does, but I, I really like the, the fact that Sam gets his closure and gets because he wants to go back home with the Shire and he gets the family and everything. I, so, I, think it's cool. I, I will say um, he gets the girl. something that goes on a little too long for me, but is actually really good on the filmmaker's part. There is, and I've seen this movie, and I know it ends happily. There is way too much suspense from the time that they decide that they're going to march on the Black Gates to give Frodo and Sam a chance to, to destroy the ring to when the ring is actually destroyed. There are way too many cutback points to where, like, okay, uh, the, this, the, the army of men is about to get its ass smashed in by the, by the hordes of, of uh, Mordor, and Frodo and Sam are still, like, horsing around, lying down on the job, Having having Gollum jump all over him, like, guys, you gotta hurry up. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're gonna die. What are you doing? Uh, there, there's a lot of tension there. At least in my opinion, there's a lot of tension when it comes back and forth, and they're like not there yet. I want to be like, you know, I've walked up some mountains. Uh, it takes a long time. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really like the the scene, which I think it's extended. I don't. I didn't remember it theatrical, but the scene where. The one person comes out of the black gate and they go yeah, up the and voice, talk to him. Uh, yeah, that, that's, it, uh, that's extended only. I've never seen that before. Oh, that's super cool. The badass thing where everyone else is like all distraught and no, not the king. He's fucking, he's, I don't him him. And he's like, that's not true. That's bullshit. Also, <laughs> by the way, cool. the voice of Sauron, the black lieutenant or whatever, played by Bruce Spence, uh, the gyro captain guy from Mad Max 2 and the train man from... Matrix Three. It's just oh, another weird. I like. Oh, okay. Look back. Huh. Look back at the other stuff we've watched and and spot these actors. So yeah. Bruce Spence. I love him. Yeah, the That's lieutenant. Cool. By the way, like I kept on thinking, like they use the filter and like all the Instagram or TikTok when they make their your mouth huge. Yeah, the mouth is weird. Yeah, just the way it was because you like he did like I know what he's doing. He's like doing a creepy smile, but every time he did a sentence, he just did one fucking smile, and I was like, stop it. <laughs> I like how Zoom get really close on his mouth yeah. too. Just that's all you would see. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zach, you were you were about to say something before. Were you about to bring something up? Oh, it had to do with the ending, I guess. But we can just I, address it when we get there. Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to bring up, and guys, I know this is going to be a long episode because we still have to do ranking and we have some news to talk about. Um, but news. Helms Deep versus this war. Helm's Deep, right? Like I Helm's Deep, not yeah. even close. I mean, yeah, in my opinion, it's Helm's Deep for me. I don't know. This one was cool too. This one's it's... got like the all offense. It's got ghosts. It's got a bunch of really cool stuff. But I don't. Uh, I, I just like. I don't know. Yeah, just because Helm's personal. Deep is better doesn't mean this is bad, right? No, like, this is still fucking. Rohan coming in is super cool. Like there, there are so many cool things about this too. But yeah, the the I think you we said it in the last episode. It, it definitely still sticks to. Even though this is kind of the, the this is the end, right? This is the climactic battle and all this stuff. The stakes are are not as high. The stakes were much higher because it was a turning point in the fight. Whenever they fight at Helm's Deep, so mm. I, it just yeah. I mean, they're not. It's not even a war. They're just literally surviving. Like, and they they survive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the battle for Helm's Deep is much better. I agree uh, because I don't know what it is like how. I guess what you just said, like Helm's Deep was more important. It had more suspense. There was more emotion to it. This one had emotion, but at times, like, it had, like, weird break cuts where, like, hey, we're in this battle, but let's go see what Frodo's doing. Oh, he's, like, 
in the you know the armor, the orc armor, and they're doing that scene, and then it goes back. But that scene where they get wrapped up in um, the column of orcs and they like have to escape inspection. Mm. That that was good to cut. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, no. I, when I was a little dumb. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is, in two towers, like when it comes to the Helm's Deep battle, there was no cuts. It's straight up. You know, you were getting no. Cut. It cuts back to the ants. That is true. Yeah, the big old int moot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, there, there's stuff that goes back and forth. It's just, it's, it just again, your brain is just like you're set on what's happening, and even if you get other things, you're like, what's happening in this battle? Yeah, I want to go back to Helm's Deep, and this one, I was like, all right, I know this is happening. They need to hold their ground until eventually Rohan gets there, and then the whole Ghost Army. Now, I will say, when the Ghost Army came, I I rolled my eyes a little bit. But it was, like, fun to see, like, all the orcs scared. And that's why I brought it up before. I'm like, if they were so fucking frightened and scared, the orcs, in that battlefield, why was it not showing when they were going through the actual city? And that's why I brought that up. But what the green green building, the Power Ranger building that I pointed out, you said the City of the Dead. That's what they said it was called, yeah. And that's not the same place where the ghosts are? No, that's oh, in Mordor. Oh, that's, that's a different, that's yeah, a different, no, that's uh, that's literally like their home in Mordor. Yeah, whenever they're like, whenever uh, all right, makes sense. Frodo and Sam <laughs> are looking over. Yeah, it just happens to look spooky and greenish too because that big green bean comes out. Different mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah. think uh, one of you, Zach, someone said that's where the Nazgul is. And I was like, ah, okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's yeah, spook- yeah, that's where they hang out when they're not flying on dragons and shit or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's equivalent for the modern. Modern viewer needs Undercity. It's that's Undercity. That's where that's where they plug their their Wyvern EVs in to recharge. <laughs> that's where they do the your weevies. Nazgul podcast. Um, anyway, this scene right here between Gandalf and Pippin, when Pippin's like <laughs> giving up at this point, he's like, um, we're, we're, that's it, it's the end, right? And like Gandalf, like how Gandalf delivers the line, he's like. It's not the end. And I'm like, in a, for a second, I was like, oh, he's giving him hope. Like, he knows what's going to happen. Like, there's going to be a better outcome. He does give him hope. He, he does give him hope, but in a sense, like, if you die, this ain't the end. There's more than just death. Yes, that's that's good. That's, that's a great thing to tell someone in a hopeless situation. You know, it's like, yeah, we're going to die, but death is just another path. Yeah, it's but what I'm, what I'm trying he to should know, what I'm trying to say is I think he's like, what's there? Oh, white shores and, and you know, green fields. And oh, that actually sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, but from a human perspective, a lot of people don't know the unknown. I mean, I know we're in a magical world talking to a fucking wizard and I'm pretty sure Pippin's like, yeah, fuck yeah, afterlife. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're talking to a regular person, you're like, this shit's fucking coming to an end. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And then, like, you want the comfort of, I guess, lying that <laughs> this ain't the end. Uh, kind of like what Aragorn does with the soldiers, even though, like, most of those people are going to fucking die. You need to stand your post for your kingdom and, and faith and all that stuff. And he, he keeps him there. And that's the hope that I thought Gandalf was giving him. But he's like, nah, if you die, there's more shit, bro. It's fucking wild, and I I like that too. <laughs> I think you're just looking at it from a different like you're just looking from a different lens. Like I agree with Andy. Like it, he's telling him there's more because one again in the context he knows there's more because he's literally died and come back over case, and over. Yeah. Mm. But also 
it's it's to give him the hope that hey listen it's not over and just nothing happens you still fight to the bitter end for what you love but but again don't fret that it's all in despair and it's all over like you you're still gonna have something after this that's still hope like that it's just in a different way but that's who I, I get what you're saying though too when he leads it he's like this isn't the end we're going to win yeah it's just a different it's just a different way to give hope. the, the so. movies are full of those speeches people give those speeches yeah. left and right this speech is really unique it's it's curt and it's poignant and i really like this part yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fun fact if you if uh for those that are there which again the speech is not there there's something similar to this speech or par- it's a longer much longer paragraph um that's kind of the same in the book it's actually very uh that pa- passage or whatever is actually what um inspired uh one of the similar uh, passages or scenes that happens in the final uh harry potter book like the similar thing where he has the whole thing for those that read it with dumbledore uh, but just it's interesting rolling later on has come out and, and talked about that where she was inspired by that particular line or scene to talk about what the next thing is it's kind of neat yeah it's kind of cool other people later on who do literature that are inspired by that. I mean, I just someone was inspired by Lord of the Rings. That's bizarre. I know, right? <laughs> I gotta read Harry Potter because I, I'm an idiot. Like every time, like people are like, I love everything about this. I'm like, I ain't gonna love this shit. Yeah, I don't do that. They yeah. ruin it. They, they everyone's a lesbian, so don't read it. Yeah. Oh, is it for real? <laughs> No, it's a running oh. joke that J.K. Rowling like constantly tweets out. Oh, by the way, this character was also gay. See, I see, go back and write this just, character just because people people like it. Don't, don't yeah. like. I, I I don't want to get off on a fucking side thing here. I think Harry Potter is a great example of a kind of thing that you can enjoy if you can if you can absorb it without making the fandom part of your enjoyment. You're doing a great job. Like because mm. I've read all the books too. They are good books. I enjoyed them very very much, but. I'll never give a goddamn fuck about anything that's going on in the real world regarding Harry Potter. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what you're saying. Like, don't I? Yeah, like going to Harry Potter land or or getting tied up in a bunch I of just, other nonsense. What people think about it? I'm never gonna go to like Books a Million and buy a bunch of Harry Potter kitschy plastic nonsense. I read the books and they were good. I've still never seen a single one of the movies. It's not because I don't want to. It's just because I don't know. It just never happened. Oh. I want to double back because you did kind of interrupt me on this strong, independent. Man, I'm going to do it again. What do you think about that? I'm I'm going to keep on talking. (laughs) But the the, the difference that I like about how she's written really quickly is like she's still showing fear in the battlefield. It's not like a fucking Mary Sue situation. Be like, I'll show this witch king. Yeah. And like kills it right away. She's fucking like fear for her life. Like, oh, man, I got myself into pickle. Why did I want to be brave and strong? And then, like, it shows. So that's what I wanted to bring up. But I'll, She's I'll... never seen war. Well, they, they talk about that. Remember when, uh, what is it, um, her brother talks to her about how Mary's not ready for battle and he'll be, like, he shouldn't come Another because he's going to be afraid? Scene. That yeah. is a great scene. But that's it's a parallel to her, too. He's not just talking about Mary. He's talking about her. It's not yeah. just that she's not strong enough or, or anything. It's like, this is war. Things are ugly. And, you know, this is actually, it sounds bad to say this, but this is these big battles that's ever happening. But if you're comparing it to true war in the historical sense, this is war in the best light because war is much worse. There's a lot of raping and pillaging and a lot of other horrible shit happening usually within these types of things. So this big battle is happening. And, Not this again, war. This is good versus evil, baby. 
Exactly. That's what I mean. It's in the best light. It's a simplistic good versus evil, and we're just going to fight, and it's not conquest. Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, so. But it's Zach, my bad. I, I, I trampled you there. What, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that whole thing was like a Dark soul sequence. She just dodged everything. It was terrified and wasn't sure. Yeah, if she... <laughs> just dodge roll, dodge, 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 and then she, she got him. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Miyazaki said. He's like Dark Souls is like, hey, this is Lord of the Rings, but but uh, darker, and also I like feet, and you were supposed to die. <laughs> Everyone was supposed to die, and I like feet. Don't worry, death is only one path, and you're going to take it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to know every leaf and twig on that path. <laughs> that's, that's, that was a good tie-in. Touche, sir. Uh, you saw all the fucking ghosts come in and start fucking wrecking havoc and shit. Um, yeah, ghosts are spooky boys. Spooky boys. Um, someone, someone tangent us. Uh, give, give me something else that you need to talk about about this movie. Uh, let's, start, Leg- let's start winding down. Yeah, quickly, the Legolas scene where he takes down the elephant. And I, I like the part where Gimli, that still counts as one! <laughs> Very memorable line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about I'll, it? I'll jump if if you were if you're still listening through all of this about a half hour ago because we went down a couple of different paths and stuff. I thought that that uh, Dub was getting ready to quickly wrap it up and we were going to just rank everything, but I think now I realize you were just wanting to compare the battles between the two movies, and I totally just like was like, no, we got to talk about the end of the film first. My bad, I'm retarded. It's okay. <laughs> I, I I was wondering why you did that. I was like, wait, why are we going to the end? But I was like, okay, it is the podcast. So I, yeah, I, I I was confused. I thought you were like, well, I guess we're just not gonna talk about the last half of the movie. We're just gonna rank the three films. I was like, oh, oh uh, no, 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 no. Wait, there's so much more. But <laughs> but we, the movie's four hours long. We can talk about it. I mean, I think we touched on everything except you know the scene where with uh, Sam and Frodo and. Gollum at the end with the ring. Yeah, I, I got a, I got a question about that. By the way, so like Frodo puts on the ring, does he just walk in a fucking circle? Like, what is he doing? Well, no, the, it shows the foot footsteps moving forward because he's gonna slip by Sam, but then Gollum runs in like a fucking crazy person and knocks Sam out, and the footsteps go backwards because he's like, oh shit, Gollum's in here, mm-hmm. and then Gollum jumps on him because Gollum knows how the ring works. Because Gollum's on death. That's why he right. buys his finger, because Gollum. But yeah, the, uh, I think you're talking about the scene, though. They're on the mountain, and uh, Sam gives that other speech about the, the Shire, and, and, then, uh, and then he's like, nope, I literally puts him on his back and carries him. And the symbolism of that is, yep, I carried you through this whole journey, bitch. I'm the hero. Yeah, I, he puts him on his shoulder one more time. I said it two episodes ago. He's the most important character. Yeah. He is. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And and I want to say this because Elijah Wood is a hit and miss in his movies. Uh, he was kind of mediocre in this film, I got to say. I want to say Sean Astin carried every scene <laughs> with him in uh, Frodo. Well, I want I want to give I want to give a little credit here because Every direction is okay, Frodo. You're exhausted and tired and sick of this shit. And this, okay, anything else? No, 
<laughs> yeah. he, he's supposed to be miserable. Yeah, that's the whole point. I mean, the well, Sam's like trying thing. to cheer him up, and he's trying to he's trying to deal with Gollum, and he's trying to keep Frodo safe, and he's trying to do all this other shit. Sam just has more to do. So yeah. Yeah, a little, you know, give him a little credit here. I mean, the, well, the whole thing is it's also symbolism of friendship. How he's literally Frodo is literally the personification of burden, and his friend is hope. This literal friendship being the hope that you need to get through and carry your own burdens. It's supposed to show you that you don't carry your burdens alone. You have your friends to help you. Uh, one of uh, I, I, the important just, thing. Just to add what you're saying, um, one of my favorite parts now, I never picked up on this before, uh, Frodo wakes up at the end and he's like, oh, fuck, I thought I would die. I didn't. He wakes up at the end, the Gandalf's there, and then she's marrying Pippin, and then Gimli comes in, and then Legolas comes in, and then Aragorn comes in. And he's always like, oh, Gimli, oh my god, oh my friends! And they're like hugging and stuff. And then Sam comes in, and all they do is look at each other. There's no pop or anything. He's like, Sam, you're okay too, or anything like that. They they just, just with a glance, everything is said, because after everything they've shared, they have a bond of friendship that is so fantastic that, that that's all... Oh, they just look at each other and th- they've exchanged everything. Or they were actually laying there because he was dead and everyone was mourning. And then there was Flip a lot of throat. silence, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, dark, this weird theory. Now nah, it's again, I like this. I don't, I don't like, I don't like this Reddit fan theory shit. That you <laughs> I know it's fine. It's, it's interesting really, to talk about, but it's uh, the real ending's cool. I know. I agree. The way it ends is the way it's. Written. You made a mistake, Chaz. I do the same thing. That used to be a dubs thing. Be like, shut up dubs. And you're That's fucking... what I'm saying. It's yeah. the two of you. Yeah. yeah weird. We like our weird. Well, I read on Instagram shit. that actually what happened is all ghosts. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, so hold on. I'm this is all props. the Matrix. That's why Agent Smith is. There. This all was in Gollum's mind. It was all like a. a <laughs> it was all a training simulation. Methamphetamine. Uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, see what I'm happened is when the government the- created MK Ultra, <laughs> <laughs> they gave all those drugs. <laughs> So there's a good scene to compare uh, between, I think it's the end of Fellowship, uh, or maybe the, it may be the beginning of Two Towers, but um, where, I think it's Two Towers actually now that I think about it, where they're on, Sam and Frodo are on their journey, <laughs> it's the, at the beginning of, um, oh, what's going on there? Oh, Sam brings all the extra equipment. Remember, we talked about it last episode. Sam brings all the extra equipment to cook things. He's like, oh, yeah, I thought I'd bring all these herbs and all these different things because I oh, thought we'd have it. And he's talking about all the things, like, when they're going to go back to the Shire. And and Frodo's like, no, we're, like, we don't need that. Like, we're, that's not happening. This, guys, this is a one-way trip. Like, Sam, Frodo's already aware we're going to die on this trip. And Sam still has all this hope. At the end... Frodo is talking about going back, even though he doesn't really even remember anymore because he's been so like corrupted by the ring. But he's actually talking about how when they're going to go back or go to the Shire, and Sam's like, I don't think we're making it home. No, even- no, 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 that's not – hang on, because this seems really cool, and you're close. But what happens is they're trying to drink water. There's no water left. Oh, here's a few drops left in mine. He takes a few drops, and he says, there's not going to be any water for the return journey. Oh, that's and- what it is. Thank you. I'm and sorry. Sam's yeah. like – I don't think there's going to be a return journey. Think there's going right. to be a return journey, and um, that's that's what it was. You're right I think you, I think your interpretation is probably right. He's just so like ring addled at this point, like he's just not even really thinking. 
But when I saw it, my interpretation this time was um, Frodo has just been playing along this whole time to keep Sam's spirits up. Like, yeah, sure, Sam, when we go back to the Shire, we'll get drunk every night and you can you can hit on this chick and it'll be a good old time. I think that's Sam finally saying, no, I get it. We're going to die at the end of this. And Frodo's like, yeah, I've known this for a while. I, I think it's kind of mm-hmm. like they're finally both, now they're both on the same page. Yeah, well, but that's the point, though, is, like, the contrast of, like, how they say it and it's a hope, but then finally he, he's realized it. It's like, nope, we're here now, I realize. We're not going back. Um, but it is kind of neat that he's like, oh, we need the thing for the return trip. I, I Yeah, I, I forgot. That's that's specifically the context and how, it, like, what's said. But um, it is good he has that realization. Even then, the hope is lost. But they still know they have to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And he was able to get in there. So and then he fucking carries him up the, up the mountain, at least, like, 10 feet before Gollum jumps in. And, when, and then somehow he can walk. That is a little great, but it's minor. Yeah. That's like, I can run. When a Nazgul keeps on sucking. Anyway. He uh, gets his 382nd breath. <laughs> Nazgul keeps on sucking. <laughs> I, knew, I went to high school with a couple Nazguls. <laughs> uh, one, uh, we got to wrap up on uh, this because we got to get it to the ranking. Uh, but I love this scene because it's like on this little molten fucking rock over here before it goes into the, the fire. It's very suspenseful. Yeah, like, yeah. God damn it, Ring, go in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's also accurate because guess what? Lava, lava is still some more solid than liquid, so you don't actually fall into lava and melt in it. If you were to fall in it, you would burn to death until whatever on top of it would melt, and then you would go into it. So are you so. saying you know what it's like when you throw a man into lava? Yeah, just like how I know what it feels like to be stabbed in the back, yeah. You know that lava's sockwood. Sockwood. <laughs> Sockajoia. I think I read about her in a history book. No, it's like, it's a, it's a Wendy's commercial. It's, it's not frosty. It's sockwood. Oh, oh like the, the, the poon or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> so was Sauron just an eye? Or was he in the building that produced the eye? Yeah, it's like it's like the Wizard of Oz. He's in there like throwing switches and shit. <laughs> I see Look you, Frodo. <laughs> um, just a really small guy. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really small dog. It was you all along. <laughs> <laughs> Three dogs in a trench coat. That's what it was. Frodo. And then the thing fucking blows up, and they're like, "Shit, is he dead?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I love I love that because all the orcs immediately know what's happening, and they're like, oh god, I have to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I really love it. The big ones are just fucking taking off, like they instantly know. They're like, fuck this, and they just run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have to touch because we already touched on these parts already. Um, I will say, literally, the last half hour of the movie, waterworks, dude. I had so many onions were in my room. I was cutting them so much because it's like, fuck, God damn it. This fucking movie is so emotional at the end. Uh, and I love the part. It kind of has like a, a new hope kind of thing from star Wars with the whole metals and stuff. That's how I had this scene. Uh, oh, what you mean is actually a new hope has, has a Lord of the Rings return of the King vibe. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but yes. So yeah, and this should have been a good ending. And like Andy says, there's many endings that should have ended. But I, I'm gonna re- uh, give my uh, opinion. I highly recommend it. Highly. Um, I enjoyed it. I will say that I try. I thought real hard last night of what is the perfect trilogy. 
I have to say, this is the perfect trilogy, trilogy for me. All films were decent. <laughs> there was never a film that I could be like, that was fucking trash. I mean, the original Star Wars trilogy is like that, too. Yeah, well... Yeah. We can get into the debate about that, and you guys already ringed me for my Empire Strike Backs ranking. Uh, oh, yeah. You were one of those plebeians that yeah. said it was boring or oh, something. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're wrong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to what he's saying. But, yeah, I think this is probably one of my favorite perfect trilogies out there. Like, number one for me, but that's just me. Uh, what about you guys? Recommend, not recommend? Yeah, I love it. Uh, even though it's four hours, I mean, the extended edition, it just does so much. It helps Mary and Pippin and Foromir and so many other characters shine. Uh, same recommendation I gave the other two. The Blu-ray split it into two movies. Just do that. Like, if you don't have four hours to watch one movie, watch two two-hour movies. It's quite easy. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't could not recommend it. I mean, it's yeah, it's great. I I don't know. It's hard. It take a long time to really sit back and see if there's truly a film trilogy that I would have it stand up against or anything. But I at the time, I, again, nothing comes to mind right away. Um, yeah, I would say this three whole movies is a set. Yeah, this is definitely my my number one trilogy or favorite trilogy of films. Um, with uh. Uh, with the original Star Wars trilogy probably being right behind it. That's, uh, right now, it's really the only thing I could really put, I think, that holds a candle to it, but that's, to me, I don't know. If it's, I can't think of anything. I can't. Gems, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but even then, it's like, this is the bar. Yes. Zach, what about you? Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, recommend. Um... Uh, quick aside, I, I don't believe for a second that Sam would have been co- corrupted by the ring. It was bullshit. Uh, that was just bullshit mark booking by... by uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, Actually, I better, better yet, he wasn't. That's the whole thing. He, he, he wasn't corrupted by it. No, remember when he, he finds... He, Frodo, he hesitates. Yeah, he's like, well, no, I'll just hold on to it for a little longer. And he's like, Sam, Sam, Sam. I, I don't... I take that as a different way. I don't take that as corruption. I, maybe I'm, I'm being optimistic there. I take that as in he is seeing what it did to Frodo, and he it's not that he's holding it for himself. He's holding it out of fear that Frodo's had too much burden. That's no, I think I think you can hear, like, the ring calls out to him. And oh. I think it's the first time he experiences that because he's like, oh, here, you can have the ring back. And suddenly the ring's like, no, 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 no. Look at all the stuff I could give you. There's so much power here. You could get out of here. You could go back to Shire. You could fucking rule all of Hobbiton. It would be amazing. Like, because it, it does that sound like where the ring is talking to people. Yeah, that, that nonsense. I, I think that's the first, because he's like, what the fuck? This fucking ring is talking to me, and I'm getting all these delusions of grandeur. And but I, I'm I'm with Zach. I don't I don't think I don't think Sam would have been corrupted. I, I, it's better that he doesn't. We don't have to find out. I, it seems just he's too righteous. He's too good. He's too pure. Mm-hmm. Potatoes. Shit booking. Shit booking. <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk about shit booking. He's my favorite character because of potatoes and how he talks about how much he likes him. All right. It's so- great. It's time to get into some ranking. 
So this is what we do after every theme uh, of movies that we watch. Uh, we rank them um, from, you know, whatever movie number to number one. Uh, I'm going to go first. At number three, I have The Fellowship of the Ring. At number two, this was, listen, Return to King won slightly. Uh, but I put The Two Towers at number two, and I put Return of the King at number one. I think the reason why The Return of the King got number one for me is the ending had a good ending <laughs> in a way and it the buildup uh that happened in this uh movie was really good uh i think the ending just all the emotions just spilled out and i'm biased on that and that's why it's number one for me i'm not gonna go into like oh it had perfect writing and stuff the ending got me it's just plain and simple andy what about you uh fellowship at three movie's a masterpiece but something's got to be at number three i put return of the king at number two and two towers at number one half of that 50 percent or more of that is nostalgia i just two towers has been my favorite most of my life but also i think part of me just kind of likes the bummer ending i like hey it's something good happened but also we have to look forward like infinity wars one of my favorite marvel movies empire strikes back is my favorite star wars movie i like that kind of i like the way that hits and Two Towers gets that a little bit. It's like, oh, they won. Hell's beat. But man, there's there's a fucking tall mountain to climb before this is over. So, that's, and, and Helm's Deep. I mean, Helm's Deep is like one of the high points of the entire trilogy. Yeah, I mean, in war, the the battle that, that the last battle is typically not the one that's most memorable. It's the battle that turned the tide. Mm -hmm. Right? That's, that's, that's Helm's Deep, Two Towers. So, I agree with you, but Indeed. Um, Chaz, what about you? What's your lineup? Place a caveat that I will put zero... I, I'm going to have zero defense or argument for the positions I put these movies in, and that one and two I think are almost interchangeable. It's that close. But I, I'm spot on with Andy. Three uh, is Fellowship. Uh, two is Return of the King. And number one is Two Towers. Now, I'm but, saying they're real close. And we're talking, like again, how I rate these movies in Anyway, and if we're using a scale, you're you're talking about rating three, uh, easily three of my favorite top 100 movies or, or something like these are all masterpiece movies anyway. But like he said, something's got to be compared to the other. Yeah. And again, there are also conclusions and follow ups to each other. So like that's that's the thing. It's like Fellowship's the start of it, and it's great, but there's there's still something that's better because you're getting conclusion and. Uh, to the story like that's already been built so yeah i i think that uh that's what i would stick to but again i would put zero argument to anyone that would say return of the king is their their number one because i it i again it's very very close mm -hmm. all right zach what about you i've got uh two towers at three 8.5 out of 10 uh fellowship of the ring at two 8.6 out of 10 uh return of the king at one 8.8 .8 out of 10 all right. All right. So this is where we're going to kind of have a debate. So, Zach, you're the only one uh, that doesn't have Fellowship of the Ring at number three. Yeah, I want to hear a lot more about why Two Towers is your least favorite. <clears throat> why you're wrong. Yeah, I want to hear that. 
It's uh, <laughs> a great way to start with go. <laughs> I mean, I I see your scores. You've got them all like really close. Like I'm not gonna like. Nit- Why do you fucking hate the two towers? You dumb son of a bitch! Like I understand. I understand. The tree bears, the trees, <laughs> the, the EMTs. Okay, they see now. Now I'm upset. But I I am I am, I am interested in the minutia of your decision. Why is it last? Um. Okay. So like. There were a cu- there was a couple times in two towers where I- I'm not gonna lie I felt like uh, there was a little bit of get on with a little bit in that movie for me compared to the other two. When, I, they're, I, when they're horsing around in Rohan, no pun intended. Uh, some of that and some of the stuff with the ants a little bit. It's like in in Fellowship. Uh, I was a little bit more engaged by that movie, especially because there was more of those elements of like, oh, you learn about weird mystical fantasy shit more in that movie than any of the other two. Fellowship is the perfect start to this trilogy. Yeah. Like, I I like that whole scene where they go hang out with the elves with uh, Galadriel and she gives them all shit. That fucking thing. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, like, uh, yeah, I just I just like the way it starts more, um, and then you have Return of the King. Just so much big stuff and payoffs happen in it, even though it's like super long. Yeah, um, it's just in the battle was eh, we kind of touched on that a little bit. Uh, I like the actually like that battle a little bit more than the one in Two Towers, hmm. just a little bit. It's not like there's not like some huge fucking gulf there. Um, and it's not like, oh, cause it's not like, cause, oh, I think it's got more stakes or anything. I feel like the stakes are just as high because it's like, if Gondor got overrun and destroyed, they'd be fucked. It's the, <laughs> half their army's destroyed. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and also, I mean, sure. The steward would die. Who cares? Gandalf's in there. Gandalf's going to die. That's Gandalf the, was going to die. Loss. Yeah. He, he was going to die. He was going to die and come back. Good like, luck. Yeah. Luck. Off the purple. He's gonna run out of lives eventually. <laughs> the DM's gonna quit letting him re-roll the same fucking character. He's got to roll something new. Uh, so good. You said DM, so I'm gonna segue to this. Do you think that? Do you think that if you wanted to use something in movie form for someone to try to understand the fantasy part, I'm like this is what at least the bare bones or the initial part of like a D and D campaign would kind of look like? Would you tell them to watch Fellowship and be like, okay, beside like the plot itself, like the, the, all the fantasy and mystical stuff that's there and the things that yeah. happen like this Look, is a, this is the start of a D campaign right here's the point here okay it doesn't matter what i say if you dig up gary gygax and you find dave arnell and you ask them that question they'll say yeah fucking of course exactly yeah all D on lord of the rings exactly it's very few other things right. no i mean there was um Actually, uh, I found this pretty interesting. There, after D and D came out in the late seventies and it got popular in the early eighties, the Tolkien estate took them to court over the use of certain terms, and that's why terms like dwarf, elf, um, uh, there's a few others, just a few other terms. Well, that Hobbit are in- isn't used. Halfling is exactly. Th- that's yeah. why there's a bunch of terms that are now all in the public domain, but the three that um, Wizards lost on was Int, Hobbit, and Balrog. Because those were all in first edition D&D, and now they are not. Balrog got changed to... Um, 
Oh my god. It, I, it should come to me immediately. It got changed to a different different kind of demon. Um halfling is the stand in for uh Hobbit and just tree folk for Ain't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's in first that for... in first edition D and D they used all those terms and then the Tolkien estate came down on them and the court set a precedent. They said these words are all in common usage except these three. You can't use those. Those are tra- those are trademarked. You can still that's, use that's kinda neat. You can still use ENT though if you want to try. Yes. ENT. That one's okay. Yeah, you just gotta put periods between it. It's like otolaryngologist. And you walk into the forest and all you see is these E and T's. But uh funny the wizard thing, it's also just magic gathering, it's the same way. They use the same terms, like halfling, tree folk, all the other they they can't use it. I'm assuming it's all the same public domain type of stuff. Um I'm not gonna kill me now. I'm not gonna try to fight too hard for that, you know I don't care about two towers being number three or not. Uh that's because it's just my opinion really. Uh there's no I don't have any real hard edge reasons other than I felt like it two towers dragged in a couple spots for me compared to the other two movies. Similarly, I, I don't feel the need to fight too hard to put um, two towers at number one. Return of the King mm-hmm. being at number one makes perfect sense to me. It's just mm-hmm. just personal preference. Okay, so we're going to yeah. do Fellowship of the Ring at number three and two towers at number two? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and then Return of the Kang at number one. All right, guys, we've all been waiting for this, and me, Chaz, and Andy are also waiting for this because Zach is picking next round of movies as far as the theme. So, what's the theme, Zach? Well, you know, it's summer, and it's it's really hot, and the heat is unbearable. Uh, it's the humidity here is really high. I don't know about how it is in Florida. I'm sure it's really hot. <laughs> hot in Florida in the summer? Are you kidding? No, that's silly. Yeah. Surely they're getting snow now. It's flipped. But nipply, yeah. You know, some, sometimes you just want to stay stay out of the sun. You just want to stay in the, the, the shadows. You want to hide away from the sun. And you might you might want to get a cool a cool drink of, of blood. So what we're gonna do is is we're gonna look at the the cinematic evolution of Dracula. Oh, We're so gonna watch four Drax. Four Drax. Four Drax. The Nosferatu. That's the first one. Um, nineteen thirty-one Universal Dracula. That's the second one. That's the sweet. Talk. Okay. Um, the, the Hammer Dracula from. Uh, okay, and mm, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's right. Nailed it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys heard it first. We're doing fucking Dracula, and I'm pumped because I've never seen any of those movies. So (laughs) I am pumped to see something new. Uh, A crowbar horror into it. I did it again. (laughs) I knew you would, uh, (laughs) and I was excited for that. All right, so guys, remember to – what's the first film we're starting with? Nosferatu. All right, remember to watch that because you know me. I always fuck up on saying things, so go watch that. And then come back and we'll talk about it. All right, we're not done yet. And we're at two hours, so we're going to try to speed up on the talks here. Vincent Kennedy McMahon has retired with uh, uh, retired from the WWE as head of creative, CEO, and all that. But he's still 
has uh, stock in in uh, WWE. He's a major shareholder, or at least have, right? Well, well uh, back to that one. That's my news. But let's cover all the other stuff that's happened, and then I'll get to that because there was some uh, breaking news that was released this this evening about his stock shares. Oh well. Anyway, he retired because uh, if you watch Getting Some Color or listen to Getting Some Color, we brought up that he was in some trouble that he was using company money. Uh, to do hush-hush money to all the women he's been banging with, with John Laurinaitis, which I think is like some probably sex orgy or whatever uh, that happened. But anyway, uh, the, the the women were piling and the money was piling, so they he decided to retire. You could say it's a forced retirement. I think it's a power mo- play movement. Um, they smelt blood in the water. And then they were just like, we need to get him out of here. It's either you face the consequences while you're CEO and look dumb with your company, or you retire and your company's still intact and your daughter gets to be half CEO with Nick Khan. And that's what happened. Uh, I still think he's going to have sway in in something. Uh, I'm really jaded when it comes to that because even though Stephanie, like there's some like family problems happening, um, I still think he's going to have some type of say. And... So, yeah, I mean, I, I to add to some of the info where we get talking like speculation and stuff. So, I mean, of course, like a lot of the stuff that's been accused, it's all alleged stuff, but Wall Street Journal is just actively just continues to report things each week. It's very important. I know all this stuff that came out, it came out five minutes after the stock exchange closed on Friday over the weekend with the intent of making sure that it didn't take some massive blow to their stock uh, following on Monday. And actually their stock went up like 9% Monday morning. Super weird. But uh, so like it did the opposite of what you'd expect, which is, I guess, good or whatever. It trended Um, down today. Yeah, it's come back down because there's other stuff that's happened. And Mm. then uh, it happened like right at after hours. So they were still trading going on. Um, But um, one of the reports that came out Monday uh, was that uh, more information was out. Um, and this actually wasn't, it was Wall Street Journal, but also WWE helped confirm it. When they gave out their financials for the quarter, they were talking about like earnings and everything, and they looked great. But they noted that over the last handful of years, at least I think four, three or four years of reports, they have almost $15 million in personal payments that okay, they've made by Vince McMahon to Anonymous, but they've been filed in error because they are supposed to be filed under company expenses, which again is more potential evidence that he did not use his own personal money to pay for whatever's happened in these affairs or whatever, but he actually used the company money, which opens up the, everything. And now uh, there, there's at least reported that there are now federal investigators now reviewing this. So this yeah. is now potentially a federal investigation. That was the last thing I heard is that, that uh, is not good. Investigation, yeah. It was also reported that they knew this was going to come out Monday, so that is why they pushed to have this done Friday. Like they actually knew days in advance that they he was going to retire and announce it, but they waited until potentially uh, releasing the stuff from the stock. It was also reported this evening that so Vince has, or at least had, fifty-one percent of the share, so he had majority stockholdership. Uh, which again, what that means is he may not have any active role, but because he's he holds majority control of it, he still has a lot of sway with the board with what direction the company takes because of that, um, because he controls their shares and 
you know, that's someone that could just say screw you and sell off their shares and then like the, make the stock of the company plummet or some nonsense. So anyway, uh, I think like the actual amount of shares is close to like, I think it was a little over a hundred thousand or something like a hundred five thousand or something similar to that. Well, it turns out with him retiring, he had to forfeit almost 36,000 shares and, and they had to be forfeit in the amount of $0. So they're literally just now out there in the ether to be purchased, but or worth no money. So that mm-hmm. is a, more than a third of his shares forfeit because of the retirement, which now means he does not have that majority shareholder anymore. He still has like 69,000, I think it was like 69,157 shares or something. I read it what, earlier. What percentage does that give him? He, he still has, he probably, it serves any individual. He still has the, like the most in terms of how much he has. Cause it was it's a third of it that he lost and he was 51%. So he probably has roughly a third of the shares. I have to give or take 33 to 34% still, but again, majority truly holds in. If you have 51% over, if you have 50.1% ownership of a company uh, stock, then you are the majority shareholder. So he, he no longer has that, um, which is a big deal. And they've taken a bunch of creative direction changes too. Uh, we can talk about that. But I think the, the big thing is the things do not look good there uh, as far as the new reports with the the financial spending. Things things are probably going to get messy. Who's this other guy who's co-CEO with Stephanie McMahon? Nick Khan. He's just one of those corporate guys. It's, I, I, like Someone like was using the analogy of someone that comes into a company, guts the company, and causes like a bunch of mass uh firings and cuts and then they make the financials look great and then they sell the company off and then they leave they're like oh look at that i did great when i was there and then you look back behind them and they're like i did a good job and behind them it's like a building on fire like they just leave a wreckage behind them in a corporate sense um this is a common thing to happen in a lot of companies get gutted and then sold off in mergers and stuff um he, he's one of those guys and it actually follows the trend because they they did these mass layoffs uh in the guise of covid and wwe's had like these massive earnings they've made more money than they ever have despite all those changes so now that you have vince moving out of this situation uh now it's like okay are they going to look to actually try to sell there have been rumors about them looking to maybe try to sell to nbc or something uh over the past year anyway um that's why i think it was the power move because i think vince was like mm -hmm. i got i got my saudi money boy or not boy that's a brand word uh pal (laughs) you know yeah, it was kind of a power move, but I don't think it's like, oh, we're going to put all this out there and they're putting pressure on him. I mean, yeah, if he did all the stuff that's there and he's going to go to prison, uh, they're going to let him be on his own. They don't want him to be have, have all this like control and sway in the company because, again, it's publicly traded, so it will just ruin the stock of the company. What if he like, makes... I think that's where it comes from, really, but what that's if my he... opinion. What if he makes a federation in the fucking federal prison? That'd be fucking sick. <laughs> just revive ECW for like the fifth time. Yeah, in prison. Uh, <laughs> but Zach, do you have anything you had to say about Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Uh, not really. Uh, I have more to say about the uh, creative changes that are going on now. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Um, how long before what's happening in the real world filters down into creative and the product changes? It's happening um, kind of now a little bit. Because Triple H is now the head of creative, um, he pretty much they pretty much told Bruce Pritchard, "Fuck off! You're demoted. You're still in, you know, the staff, but you're not what you were with Vince." Um, there's rumors that Kevin Dunn is apparently going to be leaving soon because Kevin Dunn was like a Vince guy. Um, 
Word. I mean, a lot of people that have power now, again, fucking don't like him. Yeah, and for those who don't know that background, Kevin Dunn is, uh, he's been the executive like the camera operations over the last 20 years. So anytime you see, like, nauseating zigzags or they miss something big, it's because of his dumb ass. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. Like, you know, we've gone pretty long on this show because we're talking about a four-hour movie, of course, and then we had to rank the Lord of the Rings movies. On the next getting some caller, you guys have to go into this like this, like deeper, just because uh, I tried to watch your last episode. I, I succeeded. I watched the last episode. You guys were like, uh, Vince might have like uh, raped some women in the backs of women. I used federal money, I think maybe I don't know. And then you just moved on, and I was like, God damn it! I, that's what I want to hear about. So well, to be fair, we covered a little bit about it, but we, the episode prior to that we covered not as much a change or come out we talked about a little bit more i think two or three episodes before that Mm. something's going on in the world where we have a show and in the fall and like there's not a much news right around the time we do the episode and then immediately a bomb is dropped on friday all right fairness so like that's kind of it's just you guys talked about it for like three minutes and it's something i'm i'm very i i've said before uh i'm more interested in the business of wrestling than the actual product like i can't stand to watch weekly shows anymore i'll watch a pay-per-view maybe but this stuff is very interesting and i want to know a lot more about it so okay. I mean, it makes you feel better everything we just covered in the last 11 minutes when we talked about this it is all stuff that has changed since after our episode happens everything yeah, i mentioned you know. they're all reports from friday monday and so on so yeah don't worry when we get the juice we'll, we'll give you the juice baby but if <laughs> milk was running dry there uh, last last episode but then we, we, we hit pay dirt yeah, we gotta squeeze it. All right, I'm. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna end it on this news. I'm not gonna go into the mutant rant. I'll do that for next episode, um, because I have a feeling there's gonna be more stupid shit. But anyway, Marvel came out with it, and we're not gonna go through each fucking one. I'm just gonna. What tell is you. Echo? Did they explain that? That's the Hawkeye, uh, bitch. I think right. Okay. Yeah, she was. She was in. Um... In the the, the uh, Hawkeye miniseries, she's the uh, I don't know if they ever like said what her ethnicity was in the the comics. I think she's Native American, but she's, announced- uh, she's deaf and she's the one that shot Kingpin at the end of the Hawkeye. Spoilers, <laughs> but yeah, too late. Uh, what they they announced something else? I didn't know what it was. Oh, Agatha, this? No, I know she's the bad guy. In, uh, in Ironheart. Yeah, what's that? It's oh, so I, I I was expecting Zach to have all the the skinny on. This. No, I'm I'm a big Iron Man guy. Um, and I know all the skinny on all this, but I'm it's Dub's story. Yeah, all right. So Ironheart, there when in the comics, it's about uh this black kid who gets a hold of Tony Stark's armor, and now she's like pretty much the new Iron Man in that series. Now. Oh, so it's an Iron Man thing. Sure. Yeah, it's an Iron Man thing. But the thing is, like, I the, the one gripe I have with Marvel is, why are you taking characters that are not selling in comic books and putting them in movies thinking they're going to do well? Why not? Is my answer to that. I guess they yeah. can, They have to show. But Well, like, I always, um, I, I always uh, go on this rant. I think Zach is actually the one who, like, showed me the light on this regarding video games a long time ago. I think um, 
they're always like remaking stuff. They're remaking Last of Us right now, and it's basically just the exact same goddamn game, but like a tiny bit prettier. Why remake something that didn't do that well? Like take something that was an interesting concept, but like kind of fell on its face. Remake that. Remake a movie that was like an interest. You know, it was cool, but like the technology wasn't quite there, or something weird happened behind the scenes that like fucked up the whole movie. That's kind of what I see here. It's like okay, the comic did okay, but there's something here. But we're gonna do a lot better with it in a movie or a show or whatever. I want more with that. Yeah, I, I don't want to be on the side where it's like we just yell at everything they put up, and it's like, oh, you're remaking something. We don't want that, or oh, and then they try something that's different and more original. They're like, oh, we don't like that. That did, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to yell at every little thing. And the Ironheart, I'm curious because I don't know how much it's gonna tie to the comics. Like, yeah, the comics part of that. I mean, was, probably almost was, nothing at all. I would assume, right? Well, the the comics the whole thing was it was. Again, that the area or period that it happened was, oh, we're going to do the quote-unquote reboot, and we're going to make all new characters or young Avengers that are going to take over. And, you know, a lot of that didn't sit well with people that's because of the way the comic content has been. But in the MCU, it's a lot different. They take ties. So, I mean, Ironheart could be anything from, it could be the kid from Iron Man 3, that this mechanic that was grown up that's now become it, to it could be his daughter. Like, I mean, it could literally be anything, and I don't know if they, I, again, to be fair, I've not looked at no, any detail on no, this. No, because in uh, Wakanda Forever, she, Ironheart's in there, and it's, it's not the, she, it's not the kid from Iron Man 3, and it's not his daughter. Mm-hmm. It's clear, okay. it's clearly Maybe the it's comic. it's his daughter from another universe or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's clearly no, the it's, comic book. Yeah, it's Riri Williams, the, the character they made up to be Ironheart in the comics. Okay, so they're they're actually going to use the character. I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, again, they they have reinvented and changed what things are again for better or for worse. Um, they could they could do it better potentially. There's there's an opportunity there to fucking improve on what how they fucking executed it in the books. Yeah, I I, I, I mean, if 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 time has showed anything, and obviously I'm I'm always like a huge boner when it comes to comic book movies, blah blah blah. Who like. Regardless of what the fuck I think, it seems like the creatives behind the movies and the shows are doing a better job than the creatives behind the comics. At least the money would show that. Yeah, I think so to some extent. Uh, I also want to touch on something else Dub said, where he's like, these characters don't sell. That's true. A lot of these modern characters that have come out in the last five-ish years, whatever the hell, they, the numbers are abysmal, but the numbers are also abysmal across the board uh, these days. Hmm. Uh, uh, it is worth noting, though, that like a lot of the characters they jumpstarted the MCU with never sold good numbers either. Yeah, I mean, it was always about Spider-Man and X-Men, and now suddenly yeah. the Avengers are the, the hot ticket item. Yeah, remember, like, if you go back and look at all the controversy, like, how, how people are, oh, this is this whole jump to starting with Iron Man is going to bomb, and then yeah. you see what we have now. I mean, Well, the, yeah. the start the start with the Hulk bombed, <laughs> in their defense, but, yeah, once they got around to Iron Man. Like, I'm going to be honest with y'all, uh, like, I don't have hard numbers for any of, that, any of this stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, I feel like out of like you know Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, and Thor, I would hazard a guess that out of those four characters, Hulk is probably the one that probably sold the most comics uh, up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like the re- the rest of those guys were like B and C listers back then. Yeah, like Captain America had been a big deal, but I think oh, like, he had like languished. Yeah. Like that's the only thing I would say is Captain America might be ahead, but that's more just because he's the oldest character. All right, so that's, yeah. that's a whole different thing. Let's but, uh, let's look this from 
not a nerdy comic people that like pick up the comics and read. Let's look at the casuals. Now, if you put this Iron Heart person there, what do you think the first person is gonna say? Where did where where did Iron Man at? Like where, where's Iron Man? died if they watched the yeah. movie like yeah he's dead yeah. they know that yeah. they're yeah. all huge fans but, they all you know, see this movie because they Haven't watched you the spider-man the they watched the second spider-man movie and just saw billboards of him being dead and r.i.p and if the person's really thinking of the way you just spoke i think that person might need a pudding cup and a coloring book and they need to go off into the corner somewhere <laughs> like obviously like, you said that person, <laughs> i don't think they're thinking that much <laughs> you said what's the average person thinking and my mind went a different direction i think the average person's gonna be like oh it's iron man but he's got tits now i'm on board <laughs> yeah. yeah actually that's probably how it's gonna go so iron tits <laughs> here's what i'm i'm, I'm gonna tell you when i'm kind of batting my eye to but I'm not going to hold my breath. It's kind of like, you know, a little bit of optimism, but not too much. Fuck it, Fantastic Four. Apparently that's going to be in Phase 6, along with the maybe, two... Maybe it'll finally be good, I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like Phase 4 is going to be a dark horse. It's gonna That's going to be the thing. That, like A lot hinges, I think, on that movie, uh, really. They yeah. got to get the right writers for it. it Fantastic it, Four is actually super good. It's yeah. just no one knows how to write it except like a select twelve it's people. Not even the fan, like I mean, don't get me wrong. The whole movie needs to have like good writing, but just get Doctor Doom right. Just, yeah. some, if you get Doctor Doom right, it'll be fine. And um, we're getting these, and I think anything with Avengers and in, in the phase is probably going to do well um, because you have two Avenger films that were announced: the Kang Dynasty. Uh, in Secret Wars, which we all knew that's where it was heading to. Yeah, the, Secret Wars has a pedigree that they need to adhere to, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's all the 80s. Oh, that's so awesome, though. It's good. But, yeah, the potential's great. Thunderbolts is the Suicide Squad for Marvel. Um, yeah, it's bad, guys. Oh, yeah. that is such a bullshit thing to say. Take that back. I, you, you made my, my comic boner just enraged. Well, that, it is not the Suicide Squad. That's it, what Variety it, said. Said Facebook. Oh, well, well, Variety can go fuck themselves in a ditch full of feces. Thunderbolts is totally different. Thunderbolts are a group of villains that actively think that if they pretend to be good guys, they can use that to further their agenda. And then they turn out actually be, like becoming morally gray on things. They're like, oh, actually, we should do the right thing. Is that going to be what they write? I hope so. Uh, it's and that's like a super neat idea. That's very original in that regard. Now, versus a oh, we're in prison and forced to do bad things, and we're still edgy. And look at me, I I, I eat lollipops and and put my hair in pigtails and beat things with bats. Interestingly, I think uh, uh, Thunderbolts was uh, alluded to with that post credit sequence for Morbius. <laughs> uh, I really think that's what that is. It's Mormon time. Uh, uh, I, mean, I want to defend Suicide Squad 2 real quick. That's just like the cinematic portrayals. Uh, oh, I know. I, I'm, I'm giving it bullshit. It, Suicide Squad has way more depth to it and stuff, too. But it's like Thunderbolts and, and Suicide Squad are apples and oranges, right? Like, they're two different takes on, on that type of thing. Like, there's a difference between, like, the government forcing villains to do these things versus, like, the villains, like, thinking they're getting away with some cool plan, it's all their agenda and idea, and then they actually become heroes. Well, like, I that's like... kind of a neat thing. To give Suicide Squad its due, I think what it figured out that is compelling is they each kind of have their own motivation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the writing's interesting. Thunderbolts could be like that, too. Yeah, but the Thunderbolts have been done over a bunch of times. The more recent take was whenever, after, um, all, what was it, the Secret Invasion and... Um, Harry Osborn actually was the person to like kill the scrolls and like 
uh, and save the world and save humanity. He ended up taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. Tony Stark's falling apart, and he becomes the Iron Patriot, and he forms the Thunderbolts, but then they become the Dark Avengers, and he's yeah. actually using them to do evil shit, but they don't end up becoming like the good guys. They just actually just stay evil until they're stopped. So it's a little dark. I, again, it just depends on what side they use for it. I mean, when and you've again, got a Captain America film called New World Order coming out in the same phase, you know. New, uh-huh. new, new World Order. He's going to come out fucking voodoo child. He's going to be playing every card, smoking cigars. I mean, if, if Hulk Hogan becomes Captain America, I'm okay with it. He's, he's Mr. America, right? Yeah. Isn't the name of his, his other... Well, he's going to have to like the Falcon games. first. Sorry. <laughs> you know, Sam, uh, he better start dyeing his hair blonde. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then you got Daredevil, the TV show. Um <laughs> It's based off the actual story. Uh, that could be really good. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't oh, know if you ever- born again. Oh my yeah. goodness! I didn't even realize what it was called. I, yeah. it's dumb. I, people I people are hype it. about people are hype about that for like six different reasons. Like that, I think that shit will do fine. Yeah, Daredevil in terms of comic stuff, underrated. Some of the best stories that Marvel's done, period, especially in the more modern, like last 20, 30 years, are Daredevil stories. The writing for some of those were great. Um, so yeah, that, that's actually really cool. I didn't even realize it was born again. That, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and one last thing. Uh, well, not one last thing. Agatha, have you guys watched uh, that? Uh, Wandavision. Yeah, Wandavision. I have not. I'm just aware that she was the bad guy. In it. Yeah, I watched it. How was she? Um, the, uh, it's a different take on that character. Uh, a little bit compared to like the books. Uh. She's de-aged significantly. Agatha Harkness in the comics is like a fucking old, like decrepit old lady, like Aunt May old usually. <laughs> well, I mean, Aunt May. Is Aunt like, May's hot now, so like, like, Aunt May's super hot. hot they, they, they de-aged Agatha to make her like a the hot cougar lady, which bitch. Well, next thing you know, there'll be vampires that are black and they're fighting in the daytime. Oh, what do you want? Fuck, played. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody, yeah. I there's two things I'm ha- like gonna watch and like actually go episode by episode, and that's Daredevil and Blade, and they by God better like be the show. Yeah, it's a show. Oh, is it really? Is there not a movie? Wait, hold on. I would have preferred a movie. I'm pretty sure Blade's a movie. I could be wrong if they change. No, it's a movie. You're right. It's a movie. It needs to be rated R. It needs to be rated R. Morbius gonna be in it. It'd be Morbin. They yeah. fuck Blade up in the comics bad now. Jesus Christ. Really? I didn't even know Blade was like a current thing. He's not really. He's like kind of a joke. They turned him into a joke. It's kind of like how they made Power Man like a fucking bitch. Luke Cage. Didn't he like die off? They didn't do much after like Ultimate Universe, right? It's just like been a weird, like they left it. Because they've done all, a lot of like weird like spinoff what ifs. And when they did the reboots, they focused more on core characters. Uh, again, I, I don't recall anything recent being made for Blade. It's been a while. Yeah, that could be yeah following it. There, there's a lot more. Uh, go on Google, type in Phase Five. Uh, I'm not even gonna talk about the Marvels because I fucking hate Brie Larson as an actress. So, if you like Captain Marvel and you like fucking Miss Marvel, that's gonna be the movie for you. Um, Quantum Mania. I still haven't seen any of the Ant Man movies, so I have no idea. <laughs> so what? Pretty fun. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. fun for real. For real. 
No, go watch them, especially uh, uh, the comedy in them. Is, if anything, is what to watch it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What, what's his uh, his uh, his buddy's name? Is it Luis? Is that his name? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, he's so fucking funny in those movies. Yeah, you have to go watch those just for the comedy alone. They're they're really funny. Um, yeah. And uh, obviously, Phase Four is ending with Black Panther: Wakanda uh, Forever. Um, Namor is coming. Namor is coming. Well, that's kind of cool. I don't care. <laughs> so if you're into Black Panther, um, I mean, Namor's a pretty big character in Marvel. Like, so well, that's, that's yeah, they made him like Mayan or whatever, and it's kind of cool. I like that. Well, there's also the whole like my like at least in the comics, the the war, like the whole tension between Wakanda and Atlantis, and like the war, like in one of the Ultimates. I think it's it's either Ultimates or a different one. Namor literally just floods and kills everybody in Wakanda. Or kills a bunch of people that are there, floods all of Wakanda, and it causes a big, and there's a big war between them, and it's a big mess. I, yeah, it's I don't think that's actually canon, but that, that's it went really dark shit with Namor. He's he's definitely trying to commit genocide. I, so. I don't think that's really canon. That was just in my personal fanfic. But Kevin Feige, <laughs> if you want to like call me or something, we could like a meeting about this. So send that to you right there. <laughs> no, I, I just don't think it was. It's they did those alternate universe shits where they write it and then go back and say, "Well, this wasn't part of our core of, of people or whatever." But uh, they've done some, some weird stuff with that. But I don't know how much that'll tie in. Wasn't there something else that uh, I think in the chat you guys talked about? They were they were maybe going to tease or something at the end of that movie, or maybe someone was just speculating. What was it uh, about the end of the Black Panther movie? Oh, it, it didn't have to do with Kang or anything, did it? No, I, they, they, they tease that there's going to be, uh, an actual, another Black Panther. Um, people are speculating it might be a woman. I don't know. No, I think I, it's going to be Killmonger. I, I think I remember what you guys said. It someone was bringing up how maybe Dr. Doom would be behind it and they'll tie it in. That's how they'll tie in Dr. Doom as a, a bigger character in the picture. Again, I don't think there's anything rumor. I think it was just someone saying like, in their opinion, that could be a cool thing. Yeah. Was that right? Yeah. That, that would be kind of neat. Um, Killmonger's dead. I don't know how you do that. Although, um, well, you forget about the Wakanda's magic bullshit, and uh, it's. I'm just saying it's the prevailing theory that it's Killmonger. Actually, who's Killmonger? Yeah. You gotta watch oh, Black Panther. Oh, you haven't watched uh, it? Yeah. Oh, it's Black shit. Panther. Everybody has these shit opinions. Don't watch these movies. Does you go watch Ant Man? It's funny. Nah, I, Andy, go watch Black Panther. It's probably the one of the best Marvel films. Like it's, it's definitely up to say. It's really good. I mean, again, it's not like I'm not like boycotting. I'm like I've never watched yeah. another. It's you know, I am. I, don't have, I, I have I have a budgeted amount of time, and it's always like, do I want to watch a comic book movie or something on the Criterion Channel or something? Preach, preach is acquired, man. I like to watch shit Mortal Kombat movies. I watched ten times. I, I get it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there's definitely sometimes you got to rewatch what you like. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is Phase Five and part of Phase Six. Like I said, there's some things that have my attention, um, but we'll see if I'll commit to any of them. Um, but that's where we'll end it, guys. Uh, Andy, Metal Gear Podcast. We aiming that for Thursday? Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah. Yep. Um, so remember to uh, keep an eye out for the Metal Gear Podcast that we are doing. Um, getting some color is next Thursday. Uh, and the next Big Trouble, what is the movie that everybody needs to watch? Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yep. Right. Assuming and the OG, right? 
27. I had seven for some reason, but mm-hmm. it's in the uh, 20s. 1920 something. Yeah. 1922, German Silent Expressionist horror film. Gotcha. <laughs> it's not even the first silent German Expressionist film we've watched on this podcast. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, that's that's way back in the day. Way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, if you want to catch all our podcasts, make sure you go on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Alexa, everything. We are there. Getting some color. Uh, what's the Metal Gear podcast name? The podcast to surpass Metal Gear. There you go. Uh, the Nemesis Project and getting some color. I just get, I fucking get tongue twistered and everything and I get pissed off. So I don't want to fuck it up. Anyway, we're going to be signing out. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace.